0: Are not ready for prime time. Primetime. 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 Prime time, that's the name. Primetime. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Primetime. It's XL Primetime. Featuring Joe C.
1: Matt Hayes. Big asses. No. Big thighs. Yeah.
0: Mia O'Brien.
1: Bent over and let it happen.
0: And Leon Searcy. So they were smelling themselves. Uh-oh. How you like me now?
2: How you like me? Ready to rock and roll on a Tuesday. Full house. We are back from the day off, President's Day. Hopefully everybody that did have the day off enjoyed it. Now they're back ready to rock and roll on a Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Uh, we still sound like, uh, I don't know, like a, a minute clinic in here. Uh, I know I still sound like just butt I'm kind of
1: concerned that I yeah. came back. You're that I, close. I well, assumed, you're in between. Right. I yeah. assume that, you know, the, the weekend of rest that Matt Hayes teased yeah. on Friday would yeah. do you all good. You're that pollen is still real. Walking
2: death, and I can't breathe over here.
1: Oh, what fun! Yeah.
2: So you're you're good to this go. This is an
1: exciting Beaver Toyota Beaver yeah, Chevy yeah, Tuesday, yeah. if there ever was one. You're good
2: to go, but like Matt walked out yesterday, you know, like just dragging, like heading for like you, you probably need to go to an IV club or something like that. That's you not know, not a bad idea. Not actually. a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what did you do? You went and got an X-ray yesterday. Yeah, everything Negative. good. Negative. Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. And then so it was mental. Is what you're talking about. <laughs> That's all inside I your mind. Is, is I don't what know what it, it is, but it's killing it's me. It's got to be mental. If you got the x rays and everything's clear, that I means mentally you are doing this to yourself. man. Are you Hades. trying to tell me that I'm I'm, soft? Tr- I'm not trying to tell you anything. <laughs> with the T or without I'll, the T? No, not with the F. I the thing is, is I, can't get into a, I can't get into a
2: belly laugh or I'll just lose my <laughs> air altogether right. and just fall right. over. Oh, uh, it, it sucks. Uh, uh, but apparently, like we said, it's going around. I've learned more about RSV and all the other viruses that are out there. But uh, hopefully, we're all good to go. We, this, is, this is an important day. Maybe not for, for Jacksonville, but we're going to start our show kind of where Jaguars today has been, which is the franchise tag. This is tag day. And Leon, as we just, we're just going to set the table for this bad boy because Josh Allen is expected to be tagged. At least that's how I'm looking at this. I think that's how most of all of Duvall is looking at it. Uh, you always tell us it sucks to be tagged, but at the same time, you know you're going to get paid.
3: Yeah, but of, you're not going to get paid penny. for six. Months. You're not going to get paid for six months. You're not, and 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 the tag, all the tag does, and the players can't they can't complain about it because they collectively the bargain for right. the tag. All the play, all the tag does is gives the franchise more time to get to 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 work on the deal, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But I I don't like the tag because the player goes and he bets on himself. He wins. He gets tagged. Now they get. Extra time. They, listen, the Jaguars knew somewhere midseason when he had like 10 sacks that somehow we were going to keep this guy. Mm-hmm. If he had five sacks, it would be another it'd be another situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that this, he did everything he could possibly to put himself in this position. Right. And his award should be a long-term deal, mm-hmm. not no freaking tag.
2: That I get. That I get. Now, this is the thing, and, and this is when we keep track of the negotiations and all this, we know that uh, Balky's like, he's going to be a Jaguar. And so he believes that he's going to get him here no matter what, which is fine because you can't tag him. But this does mean if you tag him, you got two weeks before you – the deadline is 4 o'clock Eastern time, March 5th. And if they don't have a deal done then, they still can negotiate and the feeling is that they're going to try and move some things around and get some cap room going.
1: So this is not unprecedented. Let's let's go to the, the moving of the tag, the Calvin Ridley part of this equation, because I know that's what Joe had questions about in our pre-show meeting, and I know that's what many of our nooners driving around Duval right now have questions about. My expectation is that the Jaguars are planning on placing the tag on Josh Allen because that will give them more than just this next two-week window to negotiate right. a long-term deal with Josh Allen. Now – Is it completely out of the question that Josh's agent, Trent Baalke, go to dinner next week in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, and they come to terms on an agreement, even if it's a midnight deal at the tag deadline, not the trade deadline, the tag deadline, Mm -hmm. is there precedent for that, to which there is? If you go back to the New York Giants, and I understand this is two offensive players as opposed to an edge rusher and a wide receiver, but this time last year... The Giants got a deal done at the deadline with Daniel Jones, which in turn opened up the opportunity to tag Saquon Barkley. Otherwise, they were going to have a decision between those two players, and if they couldn't come to terms on an agreement with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley would have walked Mm -hmm. and been an unrestricted free agent. And so it's not out of the question that the Jaguars, and also I I do want to also cite uh, John Osher and Bucky Brooks they were back for their weekly podcast I believe it was last Wednesday yeah it was on Valentine's Day they did their weekly podcast and obviously those two guys are well in the know Bucky's a former scout and yeah. he said there have been instances in which deals have gotten done ahead of the tag deadline in Indianapolis and so as much as so many people are like oh my god they're so fine so far behind the eight ball and the fact that they haven't even talked yet and this is awful I agree I think Trent Baalke should have reached out weeks ago, as soon as the season ended, if his rule really is that he doesn't want to negotiate in season. Should have reached out the day after the season was over, if nothing else for formalities. But in the grand landscape of the NFL, this isn't out of the ordinary, and there is precedence that they could get a deal done. Mm -hmm. I don't think they will. And in turn, that means you're allowing Calvin Ridley to test the waters of free agency. Mm -hmm. But also, if you tag Calvin Ridley, Leon, yeah. Then you're giving well, up see, a second the, round That's then. the
3: reason why I don't like the tag. Yeah, is not. because it ge- it gives the ownership flexibility. You know you're going to tag them, all right. So you know you're going to have more time to negotiate it. If you didn't have the tag, then you know you got to get a deal done <laughs> right before he gets to free agency. Yeah. But the flexibility of the tag says, oh, we can wait around. That's why Bulky comes up and says, well, I haven't heard anything from the agent. We haven't talked in a while. How, why you ain't talked in a while? How'd that happen? How, this man had 17 and a half sacks, and you haven't talked in a while. Yeah. He's your he's your franchise. He's the face of your franchise on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You haven't talked all season. I've been sending him Come some edible man. arrangements the, uh, around Valentine's something. and everything. else. I mean, that, that, that's what the tag does. It gives yeah. the organization it gives the organization flexibility. Hey, we can wait. You know, no pressure, no time. Now,
2: I, and, I, and listen, I, I I love that you defend the player, and I totally get it because mm-hmm. you're right. You feel like you're, you're handcuffed because you have the opportunity to get that big deal, and they're only going to give you the one year. And I totally get it, but at the same time. We have seen guys that have been able to make more money over, say, a two-year period if they do get tagged once and then get a long-term deal, and that is never a bad thing because if Josh Allen goes out, Matt, and does the exact same, close to the same thing he did this year, then he's really going to break the bank. I don't know how much more, yeah. honestly.
4: How much more is he going to break the bank? Well,
2: just look at it from year to year. I I, I look at it this way. he, he He's...
4: Okay, so he has his season where he's like, all right, this is it. This is what I'm playing for. Right. This is my money year. He has 17 sacks. Are you really going to put him in a situation where now he's once again on a tag, where he once again could blow a knee, where he once again could blow a shoulder? No, I totally get that part. So I don't look at it like that for him. I look at it strictly as, look, he's in a situation right now where he's got to make money right now. He's got to
2: sign right now. Right. So that's what he wants. I can guarantee you that. Oh, of course, of course. But here's what we got to separate. Okay, I think everybody here would go, at least a lot of people would say, the player has proven that he's worthy of the contract, give him the long-term deal. I think we probably yeah, would all it's raise our Yeah, it's not up hands. to
4: him, and this is what I wanted to make. Sorry, yeah. Joe. It's not up to him to do right by the franchise. It's up to them to do right by him. I get
2: it, but it's only, and I argue this all the time, and I feel like I've I got to get out on an island, even though I don't want to be the guy defending the team. It's only one tag, and not every team uses it every year. They don't. All right, let me just give you an example here real quick. Last year, you had – let me see if I have this right. Last year, the two-week window opened up, and you had a total of six that were tagged a season ago, including Lamar Jackson.
1: And Evan Ingram.
2: Yeah, and Evan Ingram. Okay, so six players were tagged including Lamar, who signed a five-year, $260 million contract and obviously busted loose. I can't remember the exact timeline of Evan Ingram, but when it was all said and done, Saquon was, was tagged. He ended up doing a different deal. Later, Josh Jacobs got tagged. There were a handful. Only six guys got this. That's it. It's not like we're talking about a, a, a big group of players that were paralyzed contractually by the football team.
4: Okay, so h- how long did it take for Evan Ingram to get his deal? Let's just let's look at this this mm-hmm. way. Okay? July. Mm-hmm. July, okay. Are you seriously going to tell me that they didn't know exactly the parameters they were at money yeah. and
2: structure when they first put the tag on him? I, I, I don't know honestly. I don't care because they're they're doing their best job. Any team is doing their best job to make sure they give. Now we can be critical of Balky, but let's just use um, let's just use Kansas City as an example. Okay, they didn't pay Chris Jones until the end. They held out. They didn't pay him until the end. They knew
4: exactly what they were going to have to pay him.
2: Yeah, and guess what? They didn't do it until the end, and then they I, gave I him un- I understand all that. Deal, My point is they knew what still, they were going to have to do. Right, but but the only reason they did it is because they did what was best for them overall. That's the job of the team. That's what they're supposed to right, do. Right,
4: and it's the job of Josh Allen and every other guy that's facing that tag to do what's best for them.
2: I, I get it. I, like This is where we have to get past that. We all feel like Josh Allen should get his money, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's just true. get past that part of it. Look at it this Now way, it's Matt. trying to figure out how it's
3: going to come together. Do
1: you really think Josh Allen's going to pull a Le'Veon Bell and not play at all next year?
3: No, he pull, he pull a Chris, Chris he, Jones. For sure. Jones. He he'll show up week Chris one. Jones. Yeah. And yeah. that's if they don't Jones. get a
1: deal done before training camp begins. So mm-hmm. even if, let's say, akin to Evan Ingram, let's say they get the extension done in July. So he misses OTAs. He misses minicamp. He'll miss mandatory minicamp. The only thing that I just listed that he attended last year was mandatory minicamp. He went on to have 17 and a half sacks.
2: Yeah, and he Mm. chose to lay out to at least send a little bit of a letter message. So So, I don't think it's the end of
1: the world if the goal is, hey, we're going to get it done by July, which I agree. Like, Listen, again, in a perfect world, optics, you would have a deal in place already. I agree. However, if you say we're going to get a deal done by July and he's going to miss those events in the spring, well, he missed them last year and he had the best year of his career. Mm
4: -hmm. I I get all that. My whole thing is – This team is desperate for some kind of leadership, for some kind of someone in that locker room Mm -hmm. to grab them by the throat and see something, a leadership out of that group. Right? That's fair. They they need someone like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's just all kind of uncertainty with your best player or your second best player, whatever you, however you look at Josh Allen. Okay. Plus,
3: I mean, plus the organizationally, you got to do right by Josh because first and foremost, he's one of yours. You picked him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's not a free agent guy. He's a guy you picked. And that sends echoes in the locker room is that if you're one of ours and you do well, we pay you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, 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 that's got to be the sentiment. Right. That's got to be the sentiment. Yeah. I, that, I, you know, I'm, I just think that resonates in the locker room mm-hmm. because when you bring in all this outside money that you're spending on, right. Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, all these guys are making these huge deals that weren't one of yours it, it'll be nice that you feed, Plus, you, you feed the, the, your family at home.
2: You <laughs> told him to go prove himself.
4: Yes, and exactly. He did
3: it.
2: Right. And, but here's when it was all said and done, he will get paid. Yeah, that's the thing is he went and proved himself,
3: and he will get paid. Yeah, he'll get paid up. Yeah. He'll. he'll I just think about the money that may be lost if he has to play on the tag. Right. And I know y'all look at the the money that he's going to earn. Yeah. The money that he's going to lose if he has to play on the tag. I mean, he's going to make what 22 and a half, million, something like that. Maybe like that a year for that for that year. right. But if I'm he's losing out on about 105, 115. Sure, all that guaranteed money too. And then hey. if he gets hurt on the tag, then Yeah, what? I know. I know. So hey. you
1: think Leon?
3: Bye bye yeah. money. Leon, you, million. you
1: think Trent Balky wants him to play on the tag.
3: I hope not. I hope he, I hope now I hope he awards him because he bet on he bet on himself. Mm-hmm. All right, the organization t- wanted to see more out I of him. They told him to go prove it and he Yeah, did. the organization wanted to see more out of him. Listen, what from what he did the last couple of years didn't 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 merit the type of money that his right. agents probably asked for. But this year 17 and a half. Couldn't have come out better Couldn't have him. come out better.
1: So you can't – so from your, from the player perspective, when you look at the tag, you can't view it as, hey, this is number one giving my agent more time to to negotiate potentially more money, not to mention the open market will be going on and let's say Daniil Hunter yeah, driving gets a massive bag for $150 million. Well, now all of a sudden the price just went up for Josh. And so it, it, are you saying that it cannot be viewed as simply the tag is extending the negotiation window?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's benefiting the the the, the organization. Me. But listen, when when I was a free agent, the 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 worst thing that could happen for me was that because there was no franchise tag, mm-hmm. so I was I was a free agent, and I was considered one of the top ten free agents coming out. Whatever. The worst thing for me was that when I sat around and saw guys that weren't on my level getting paid mm-hmm. big money, and I'm looking at Drew like Drew, what the hell is right. going on, right. <laughs> huh? I, well, <laughs> How's that cat making that money? Yeah. How's that cat making that money? Josh Allen, if you, y'all sitting here thinking he's not thinking the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, look, he's looking at totals. Yeah. He's looking at guys behind. It's going to be guys behind him who aren't tagged. They're going to make a lot of bread, and he's going to be looking like, what? wait a minute, what's going on?
2: Uh, it's so, going to happen. Yeah, but he's got to make sure he doesn't get frustrated and say get something done and then also not win in the end. Well, he's
3: got to be patient in the negotiation yeah. process, yeah. absolutely. But I'm still going to tell you that when free agency hits and the other defensive ends that, that, oh, yeah. that, that got like 10 sacks or 12 sacks or didn't get as many sacks as he's got and they get floated money, I mean, I know I'm going to stay out your pocket because I'm going be, to celebrate your success. Right. But then I'm going to be looking at the jaguars and my agent like, bro, what, what's, what's the deal?
2: Like, I'll give you an example. This guy making 105. I'll give you an example. Madvique up there in Baltimore, 13 sacks, so over a dozen mm-hmm. sacks, but still four shy of what Josh Allen did. If he doesn't get tagged, he goes out there and he gets him a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether He's Baltimore does it, deal. and he will get a big deal. Yes, and he'll get. Let's just say it's an average of 20 million a season, but it's also. 56 up front or whatever the number is, yeah, that, that'll make him crazy. But the other good thing that, as far as the Jaguars are concerned, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Khan credit here instead of bulky credit because Christian Kirk was made the top-paid wide receiver in that free agent cycle because they had to. They had to pay to go attract a free agent to come here to begin with. So he did get paid. Evan Ingram a year ago did get paid. And so they came up with big numbers the number for the tight end position was up there for, for Evan Ingram. And and also, in the end, you know, spread over time, it was financially responsible. Look at the number that we mentioned yesterday that Brandon Sheriff got, a $49 million deal for three years, which is just insane. Now, those are the guys that they paid on the outside. Mm-hmm. But Evan Ingram was at least here for a year before he got his deal so, done. And so, so that my- that's got to be encouraging
4: for Josh Allen. My thing is, this team cannot afford acrimony. It just can't. Mm-hmm. This is a fragile franchise right now. Seriously. After what happened last year, the way with last healing? year. Are you the way with feelings? Yeah. The way last year ended and the way your quarterback played. Yeah. This is a franchise right now that's kind of at a crossroads. You, you cannot afford acrimony. They should do everything they can to set up and pay the guys that, they, like Le'Veon said, like they drafted him, they developed him, they told him to go, this is your spot. Now, go prove it. And he proved it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm, yeah. They yeah. need leadership. They need happiness in that locker room right now. Feeling?
1: <laughs> I tell Wait, you, it's not, just, is, is Matt back, Hayes feeling? Feeling? It's,
4: it's not even right really feelings. It. It's, it's more of <laughs> like, it is, they are you. in. They are in. They are not in a good shape right now. So now. I need it.
2: We got head colds. In There's here. a lot we of uh,
4: look, and I'm annoyed as hell because it's head cold. But I'm honestly, seriously, you look at that locker room. You look where they were. How they finished the season. All
2: right. There's a lot of unknown right now, mm-hmm. a lot.
5: Yeah. There's a well, lot of
2: unknown on the offensive line. I'll go back in time, and there were definitely moments where guys were getting paid from outside the locker room and guys weren't getting paid inside the locker room. To Leon's point, and basically yours as well, Matt, is that it will tick people off, but there are so many things right now that I think this football team needs to figure out, not just finances, they need to figure out attitude, performance, and I just don't think the money contract for one guy is going to fix all those other things. I don't either, but Maybe, I, but I yeah. think it's, it's
4: – so he's going to play at a high level whenever he gets paid. There's no doubt about that. He, even, even, if he, even if he gets capped, capped and, he, and he can't – and they can't figure out a deal, mm-hmm. he's going to p- play well. There's no doubt about that. But the point I'm making is it's beyond the field. What's going on right now with this franchise is transcending the field into the locker yeah. room. Yeah, That's a problem right now. Let, yeah, it's culture. Let,
1: let me ask you this with regards to Josh Allen, Evan Ingram, his tag last year. And yes, to Matt's point, last year Evan Ingram was tagged coming off of a playoff run. Mm-hmm. And so the vibes were better. But Evan Ingram had 70-plus catches, did he not? Was mm-hmm. closing in on 1,000 yards. I'm sure guys in that locker room felt like he deserved a long-term deal. And I remember Christian Kirk tweeted out. He was like, don't worry, bro, you're going to be here. It's fine. You're going to be here. Were they happy he was on the tag? I don't think they showed support one way or another. They just knew that he was going to be in Jacksonville, and they were working towards yeah. a long-term deal. And so I think that that is the sentiment you need to get, that there well, is working towards a long-term deal. And even if that he is tagged, if they really are headed towards that deal, and this is just to extend the negotiating window, I think guys in that locker room will be okay with that.
4: Well, that was also well, that was also, <laughs> you know, canny and nuts and roses. After you know you're you're a fumble away at the inside the five against the oh, Chiefs yes. from doing much, much more lot in of the good playoffs. Yes, of course. There. There's a lot of goodwill in the off season l- last True. year. This year there isn't. This mm-hmm. year it's completely different. That's kind of my point with
3: it. Yeah, and, and the Jaguars. I mean, organizationally, coaching staff as well. Did Josh Allen a disservice not making the playoffs? He listen. He had seventeen and a half sacks. But if you get in the playoffs and you play somebody and you shine, you ball out. That's even more incentive for your team to, to sign you to a long-term deal. Let's say you go up against whoever. You go up against uh, – well, I ain't going to say the Ravens because they destroyed us. Yeah. Well, well, whoever we play in the playoffs. It, it probably was going to be the Browns. Yeah. The uh, Browns would have been here in Jacksonville. They come here. He he gets, you know, two sacks, a fumble, all that kind of stuff. So, I'm saying that out of sight, out of mind, the fact yeah. that you weren't in the playoffs, you lose that luster. You lose that fact. It's you know true. what I'm saying? You, you
2: lose that luster. You made that point in the postseason, and it popped. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that – 100% because Dante Fowler did something like mm-hmm. that and it rose, uh, at least the opinion. Your stock
3: options yeah. go up when you're yeah. in the playoffs. That's where legends are made yeah. in the
2: playoffs. A- and, and heck, what Tony Baselli did to Bruce Smith. Don't that, think that exactly. that wasn't a, a beginning of a Hall of Fame career that took place in the postseason. And so, yeah, it does have a hell of a lot to do with it. All right, you guys jump in, 641-1010. You can hit the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota bringing you today's show. It'll be tag heavy because we're going to look at all the teams that are at least thinking about tags and doesn't necessarily mean that Jackson will be able to go after any of these guys if they don't get tagged, but it's certainly worth bringing up. Let's hit of that here real quick because we'll be keeping an eye on this stuff a bunch more today.
0: That just happened brought
2: to you by florida home ac the
0: official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars
1: according to our friend edgar thompson of the orlando sentinel billy napier will promote tyler miles to be the gators strength coach miles is popular with the players he was advocated for by the players to replace craig fitzgerald he served as the director of player athletic development in
2: 2023 Mm, okay all right Listen, he finds guys that make better guys, uh, I mean, and that late begins in the, process, in the weight it, room. It's late in the process; you're that, just elevating at this point. That begins. That begins in in the uh, weight room. I, I I haven't decided yet. Either Billy Nopier, Billy Vanilli, Billy Bradley. Mm. I, I haven't decided yet, but I, I've got. But a, you're out. I've got a, no. I've just, I've got. A, I've been out. I've got a few <laughs> of them that I that I'm working on. Uh, listen, I've been out, but I still have the uh, the old. Fingers and toes crossed, just just hoping for something. Uh, as a matter of fact, let's just make this the ten ten take, complete and total aside from the tag, but it certainly is worth bringing up. Now, Joe
0: C's ten ten take,
2: slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit pitmasters since '68. So, Sonny's, when they perfected those recipes, they said, "Don't stray, don't stray, keep it that way. That way, you can deliver on the promise of just smoked slow ribs, turkey, chicken, you name it, you can find." all of your favorite sides to go along with it at any of your area sunnies. I got a little bit of a kick out of this over the weekend. The Florida Gators were able to lock in one of the big four-star commitments coming out of Georgia, and it's a big uh, interior offensive lineman. And so he's basically pledged that he is coming to the University of Florida out of Fort Valley, Georgia, uh, Peyton Joseph. And listen to this quote, which I thought was kind of, I don't know, it it amused me. Uh, This is the young man, quote, mostly talking with Coach Napier and Sales led me to commit because they have shown great program development. UF is on the way to the top, and I feel like as a player, I would love to be part of the process. I love what he said there. That's nothing but belief and, and, and energy. But did you not get a kick out of Matt when he said, they have shown great program development? That was something that I did not expect uh a recruit to say that is the Maybe tentative he meant take. NIL development. I yeah, I don't know, but they're, they're starting great get... program development.
4: Yeah, yeah. Translation, it's please. Twenty twenty five recruit, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Might so not, translation, might not please. Anyway. Nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, <laughs> might not matter anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, at this point, don't,
4: don't, uh oh, don't make me laugh. I'll,
1: I'll, fall over. We're really the walking wounded oh here. Oh my god. All time.
2: right. All right. So we'll get back to uh, the tag, everything that's coming up. Uh, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. They are there to wow you. Uh, they want to take care of you, show you the lineup of SUVs, pickups, beautiful sedans, economy, luxury, whatever you want. You can start online or you can hop by the lot, test drive mall, and you're just going to meet great people, including Linda. They are all there to wow you. BeaverChevrolet.com, You can find them on Phillips Highway and Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com. You can find them in the AUG on US One. They have a special. Uh, golf event coming up that I'll be telling you about that hopefully you can get involved with Beaver Toyota safe driving for kids so we'll tell you all about that all right so a couple of other big names what if Tampa is to lose a big name like Mike Evans if Miami's to lose a big name like Christian Wilkins some of these guys that certainly do represent hey Jacksonville could use a big time star in the interior part of the defensive line or a big time star if say they don't go the Calvin Ridley direction so anyway let's touch on a couple of them that might be able to uh, be out in the open market if they don't get tagged. We'll do that coming up on XL Primetime.
6: Well, we saw the, the same thing that happened to the top lane with the bottom lane. They got broke up. And now we've got William Byron leading the bottom lane with Austin Cindrick behind him. Ross Chastain leading the outside lane. One lap to go. Sponsored by Credit War block Bank. And away they red. go.
0: That is Sindrick into Chastain and up into traffic. And the Daytona 500 race will
3: be the 24 we'll need the 24 to start-finish line
0: goes to victory lane. William Byron, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Rudy Fugle, his crew chief. One. Uh-huh. Yes, we won. Unbelievable! 40 years to the day, Hendrick Motorsports goes one-two at the Daytona 500. Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL.
1: First time since 2014. I believe Hendrick Motorsports also was uh, crossing the finish line first in victory lane at the Daytona 500. William Byron is your champion. Did you watch it? Did they fill the grandstands? Uh,
2: I I thought... What
1: what are our thoughts? Because I was saying this in our promo meeting this morning. Yeah. At this point we've had three out of the last five Daytona 500s finish on a Monday, even if one of them was in the dead of the night at 3 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that's where I I look at this, and, you know, for everyone who was like, oh, my goodness, like, are they still going to have fans show up? NASCAR fans at this point know that weather, the Daytona 500, collision course, inevitable.
2: Yeah, Yeah, they, they, they mark off an extra day. I did see plenty coming uh, from Daytona yesterday. that just basically said, you know, give up. We don't have any more vacation time left. We've got to get home, but there's still plenty of them that do do it. Uh, the way they stay there, they stay there, uh, in like a, kind of like, uh, they're nomads. They'll just move from one place to another they'll just put down stakes until the next race, uh, and move on. But I didn't, I never saw the grandstands enough to even make me wonder how many people were there. Honestly, the way they presented the race last night with a lot of, I think, a, just a few extra wrinkles of just so many great cameras installed on cars or areas around the the racetrack. It's just such a cool watch, and I was pulled in again. And let me just tell y'all, that damn uh, – <laughs> between Bowman and the eventual winner – those two guys jacked up my man, Ross Chastain, big time. Okay, Bush, Bush Light was about to roll into victory lane. I was going to drink Bush Light for the rest of the week. Uh, and Chastain, who we have had on this show before, I don't know if you remember him, Leon, I'm gonna go back, I'll go back and find the picture, but he was one of the kids, not too big at all, mm-hmm. and we set him up in front of you, and, and you gave him just a little, you know, kind of... Quick pep talk. And this is when he was just coming through Xfinity Series. Mm. Bottom line is a Florida grown <laughs> yeah. kid uh, and had a chance. And in the first big wreck, he goes to the front. Things are looking good. Logano and all those other guys get taken out. And it was the Ally car and it was the Exalted car. And those were the two that I just felt like, and you guys can argue with me on the text line if you want, six four one ten ten, because I felt like those were the two that jacked up everything. Uh, and caused the big big melee and the big crash. And then at the end, Chastain was making this really super sweet move to the bottom of the racetrack just to see if he could get around those other guys. And boom, up comes number two, takes him out, sucked.
1: Matt and Baker, y'all know what's wrong with NASCAR? Logano should have socked his rear end right in the teeth. Soft, nice, cuddly personalities dudes nowadays, LOL. Um, I do remember not too long ago, and by too long ago, I mean it was, it was two or three Daytona 500s ago, that Joey Logano and Kevin Harvick got out of their car. There was, a, a, if nothing else, a war of words mm-hmm. after a crash on I believe it was the third or the fourth to last lap. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're not fighting, but they, they definitely... Have gotten out of the car and yelled at each other. Oh, I, yeah. I've and been witness to it.
2: There have been there have been times before where it was suggested that they it might have been orchestrated just to show a little anger mm. uh, and willingness to 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 throw knuckles, uh, because that's the way the old school boys did it and and you see a couple of them that look like they were contrived, but whatever. Uh tempers should flare when you're going two hundred miles an hour and someone destroys your chance to win. Uh, by one poor move, but they are so tightly packed. The aerodynamics of these cars are so unbelievable. I was just stoked that Chevy and Toyota were in a position to move up and 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 win that bad boy. Toyota almost, almost, and Chevy Chevy got it done.
1: So we're sitting in our pre-show meeting about you know an hour or so ago, and we're looking at Twitter. We're looking at on all, all the various sporting outlets, waiting, waiting. And at 11.36, Heather Denich of VSPN, who just popped up on our TV screen here at 1010XL World Headquarters, posts the college football playoff unanimously approves the 5-plus-7 model for a new 12-team playoff. It is here, Matt Hayes. uh, And how do we feel about a 5-plus-7 officially model for this 12-team playoff?
4: Well, they had to move to it because the Pac-12 is no longer. They couldn't do the 6-plus-6, which is what they originally agreed to. And again... This is only for 2024 and 2025. It's not for the new contract, which begins in 2026, the one that's going to be paying out $1.3 billion annually. Um, that deal, the, the, the SEC and the Big Ten want all at large, 12 at large. Um, and my guess is they're probably eventually going to get it. It may take a while, but I think they'll probably eventually get there. So I wouldn't see this. This is just a temporary fix right now for the next two years, this 5 plus 7, which is a good thing You the top five conference champions which means you're going to get the four power four champions and you'll get you know the top non power five group of five whatever you want to call it champion and then you'll get seven at large teams and Mm -hmm. if you look at if you look at last year the way they finished last year every the final 12 of last year everyone every team but one florida state was from either the new sec or the new big 10 yeah so they're the you only can see f- where this is headed. There's
2: yeah. no doubt where this is headed. Oh, right it's the, yeah.
4: Little
1: man will get a seat at the table though, because they For the will first be, two years. Right. The yeah. group first of five. The yeah. group of five school yeah. and will then, be. Boom,
2: it'll be gone. Well, actually, to me is question, remember what you said? And tell me if you still believe this is true. If they show out this first year, a group of five team and actually compete, then they'll have they'll feel the pressure to keep them. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't imagine
4: I can't imagine you're gonna get a Here's the thing. It's different. It's different when the group of five team like Tulane beats USC in the Cotton Bowl. When USC is in the Cotton, they don't really care. Yeah, it's just a game. If that's a playoff game, okay. If it's USC and Tulane in a playoff game, that's a different deal. It's a mm-hmm. completely different deal. So you you won't have opt outs. You'll have teams full strength going at it, playing in a playoff game in a tournament.
2: So. Yeah, that's, it'll be a little different. I think that'll be proof of the pudding because everyone says yeah. that was always the excuse. Oh, they weren't into it. We will find out. I, yeah. I tend to agree the, the the bigs, the heavies are going to end up winning
3: yeah. out. But. Well, I, listen, I'm on both sides of the fence, all right? I'm on both sides of the fence because, listen, I'm, I'm going in my era, all right? I was left out of a championship game at 11-1 and 1 and 10-2. and 2, And I think they – deservingly, I think that you've got to be among the elites to win a national championship, you know? But in saying that, mm-hmm. I like that I like more ball. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like more ball. I like the playoff system. I, I like more ball. And you like and I, Cinderella's I, I, too. Yeah, I like Cinderella. I think that when it when it's all said and done, the cream's gonna rise to the top anyway. Right. You know, no yeah, matter see, who you, you, you lay it in.
4: To me, it's just a it's a it's a wasted pick is what it is.
3: You you wasted one
4: of those twelve pressure spots by doing that. You but, know why? Yeah. Because let's just say let's just say it's Tulane, okay? Mm-hmm. So they go through a bad conference. And get a good record through a bad conference and yeah. then you're gonna put them in a tournament.
2: Yeah. But but let's just go back to when that, there that's were it, uh, literally all right. a wasted pick in okay, that tournament. All right. and look, everyone, That'd be like in the NFL yeah. with uh, you know, well,
4: you know, the, the worst division, they won the worst
2: division, we'll throw them in there. Well hell he- hello a it wild card. Yeah, it does happen. It does happen all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And hello wildcard, who goes on to win Super Bowl. But they you know, also play in that league. They it's don't play exactly. Like in it's another. a much it's a much different world. It's a mm-hmm. more much right. more level playing field. But the other thing is, is that Cincinnati all right when we only had four spots Cincinnati was invited in because of all the pressure yeah. they did not win the football game they didn't they didn't get completely blown out no, but they, they, they themselves competed themselves fine. Yeah, they competed. Yeah. And so that was at the very least in a group of four teams making it in, right. they were given an opportunity. In the group of 12, I have no problem with one team. Oh, look, how did, we didn't get in there because Cincinnati did. Come on. Again,
1: culturally, this is, a, this is a country that next to the National Football League and next to college football, the mm. next biggest sporting event, arguably, is the NCAA tournament. And why does even the casual basketball fan have interest in the NCAA basketball tournament? The potential. Gambling. Gambling, yeah, yeah yes. That's that's first and <laughs> that's gam- first and foremost. Right, gambling. That's <laughs> number one. Filling out brackets. And yeah. number two is finding a lesser known school that yeah. can somehow emerge and become a darling and become a talking point at the water cooler. Right, right but as well one as player
4: can lift a basketball team. Yeah. One player cannot right. lift a group of five. No, no, team.
2: no. But at the very least, when there were four, Cincinnati acquitted themselves okay. Right. And and so the potential is there. And we only we are gonna go through two years where and, and remember this. You're going to have the group of five guy, the conference guy that gets in there. It's going to be in the campus round. It's not going to be. They may get eliminated in the campus round, and then you don't ever ever see them in the quarterfinals or semifinals. When we're only four, Cincinnati was in the semifinals because they they wanted to acknowledge uh, that perfect record. Well, It's going to be five versus twelve. Five. Okay. Yeah. So the the
4: the, the group of five team is going to be the twelve seed. You know that. So then to be five versus twelve in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah. let's just say they got to go play at Georgia. Yeah. Or they got to go play, you know,
2: Penn State wherever. or wherever. At, yeah. yeah,
4: at Michigan. It, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, to me, that's a wasted game. And yeah. as that's f- a wasted game, especially if, I'm sorry, me, especially oh, if you've got a team like, and I'm just throwing this team out there, you've got a team like 10-2 and two Tennessee that's right there at 13. Mm-hmm. and you get and, and you know what Tennessee is. You know how well they played, right? That could be the game. That could be your five versus 12 game, Michigan against Tennessee, instead of Michigan against
2: Tulane. But we are talking, honestly, like right now, just one of four games that will have one questionable team. That's it. Right, the- and there's only two more years of it, anyway. Yeah.
4: So right, well, that's what
1: I was going to say. I mean, it's not going to matter in 2026, as our friend in Indiana on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, points out. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Big Ten and the SEC break away from the NCAA <laughs> and break away from the College Football Playoff, have their own playoff, um, then none of this will matter. Uh, my question for you, Matt, is um, if it was 10 and two Indiana, 10 and two Iowa, would you be yes, having I would, the yes, same- I would.
4: I would much rather see that than Tulane. Absolutely. Okay, hundred well, percent. You said – Sound
3: a bit of elitist. I am. Okay. I am. Yeah. Unapol- I am. Unapologetic. I don't know what else to what, say. What, I am. What, I want what, to see good what, ball. What if it's undefeated army?
4: Okay. I still want to see 10 and 2 Tennessee or
1: Iowa. Are you not an American? I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: I just do. I mean, I want to see good ball, I want to yeah. see good games. Well, most of the guys that were up and comers in the group of five, the Cincinnatis, mm-hmm. the UCFs, they've been pulled up because of all this conference realignment that's taken place. So they do have a path. Now, I guarantee you this going to be a hell of a lot harder for a UCF or a Cincinnati to get into this title talk in the conferences that they're in now versus where they were because your point is correct Matt that they play a much softer schedule they only had a couple teams on their entire uh, 13 gamer that were worthy of the games that they're going to be uh, played in so I get it I totally get it but I still don't mind one cin- one Cinderella she may turn into a pumpkin at 830 instead of midnight but at least one Cinderella to start us off, just to kind of see what it looks like. Or you just a yeah. group of five guys? Guess what? Go have your own playoff. It may end up being that. Go get
4: eight, have an eight-team playoff because I, I, NBC I, will eat that up. Some some network will eat that up and
2: televise it. Yeah, but you've already said that even some of the games that are at the butt end of this, like the five and twelve, that ESPN may sell it off, farm it off because they don't think that many people will be paying attention. No, not no, no, they- no.
4: That's not what I said. Uh-huh. I said they're going to sell it off to make money off it. Okay. So they're going to sell okay. it to Fox to make right. money off it. All right. There's all kind of attention for it. They, they, they specifically did this, got to the point where when, when they signed this deal, that they could have the you know, sub-license agreement mm-hmm. so they can guarantee they're going to make money off it. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, they're trying to put like a, a, a firewall against the possibility of losing money down the road. Mm-hmm. So if you sub-license it, you can just say, Fox, you're going to have to pay this, period. We're yeah. the only people that have it. You've got to pay this to televise it. End of discussion.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it is going to set up great. And I, I and Fox Im- will do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I can imagine. And, and look, as long as eyeballs are on it and, and they will figure out a way. We've been talking about this whole streaming thing versus over the air and free. Uh, forget about it. Uh, that ship has sailed. They're going to figure out a way uh, to keep charging you more for more if, if they can. That's for sure. Uh, one of our uh, nooners last night uh, said he was in Daytona. Mm-hmm. He said, I was there. The stands were nearly full, was amazing for a Monday night. Nice. And he did uh, agree with me that Cindric and the two cars what caused problems for my Bushlight.
1: Well, somebody else was like uh, E.T. E. and and young intern Jacob were there, Gee. and I said yes. Younger intern Jacob, a round of applause for him, J.J., because he had great social content for us. <laughs> they since, put some good video on. Since out. last Wednesday with the Speed Weeks coverage, it was tremendous. Um, he did say, though, that uh, – E.T. is, uh, you know, he shows up and he immediately, like, goes to find the rock.
3: Oh, yeah. Tries to take
1: selfies. And I was like, yo, it's, you know, that's, it is a show. That's it how is, he rolls, It man. is a show at Daytona. I mean, that's, that's the nature of it. And, hey, listen, for as much as, you know, we talk about the NFL and college football being, you know, the one-two in this town, mm-hmm. like, the stars, they roll through down the road from us at Daytona International Speedway. Yeah,
2: it's still a great show. Anybody who gets to go down there will love it. Anybody who hasn't, make sure you do it because it is still a great show. Uh, That's for sure. All right, now let's get back to this tag talk. And and I don't think this team, Leon, can be dreaming about if a guy is left out in free agency, they'll snap him up because this team just doesn't have the money. They don't have the luxury. But at the very least, when we were going to break, I said, okay, what if? Let's just play the what if game for a second. Calvin Ridley, they say, you know what? We saw – some good, but we didn't see great. We're not sure we want to pay you that big money. Mike Evans, he's, di- he's dying to get that big payday. He's been a buccaneer his entire life. Could you imagine a scenario, a situation where he could become free and then Jacksonville could figure out a way to sign a Mike Evans? Because Mike Evans has delivered. Every single season he's been in the NFL, he has.
3: He, he absolutely has. He he he's your he's your deep ball threat. I mean, he's a big physical guy. Uh, may have, may have lost a step or two, but still can catch catch Raiders. Mm-hmm. Had some concerns earlier. I mean, a couple of weeks where he was dropping a lot of ball made made up for him in the playoffs. a Couple yeah. of long balls that he caught in the game. Yeah, big physical presence. A uh, guy that you got you've got to roll coverage to. A, a guy that you. Uh, – you 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 gotta account for. So I mean, yeah, Mike Evans. I mean, it's it's all about the price tag. Mm-hmm. I mean, do do you go? Does does Tampa let them go? I mean, within the division, usually the first people that come picking the picking from the cherry tree is. Mm-hmm. Uh, people within your division. Right. You know, so people within his, their division will, will probably be going after him as well because he has a relationship with, with them or whatever or has played against them. Mm-hmm. And they've seen enough from him to where they will want him on this team. So once he gets past that, then
4: I, I don't know. He is a one. There's no doubt oh, he's a no, one. he's a one. Gosh. No and, doubt
3: about
2: that. It, if you, it, you're going after him, you're
4: not keeping Ridley.
2: Yeah, and he went no. through He went through one of those games where he had a couple drops. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what the H is going on? Then he turns right around and he makes big play after big play and he he is an alpha dog and his he already has a hall of fame resume he does there is a little hesitation there yeah. though he's definitely
4: at, it's the, just the, at age. the down of his career yeah, yeah it's just the age you can't help it and he's going to get a lot, and you're going to pay him a lot of money and then how does how does he perform yeah, does right. he he's still that be, one guy It yeah. probably
1: would be a comp to like a D-Hop two year deal with the Titans you mm-hmm. think or do you think mm-hmm. he commands a four year deal still at the, his age Mm. Which is funny to say at his age, given right. he's my age too. I don't think he's that old. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, but we're talking.
2: Uh, we all know the NFL life. It just doesn't. It doesn't last forever, right. especially with these with these guys running yeah, but backs, it, but his way fast. And then receivers maybe. Yeah, but if you're Mike probably. Evans
3: and you get a two year deal, that's a kind of a prove it deal. Two years says too prove much it. for that. I mean, three. He's going to want more, probably more years than that. You, maybe you would think, yeah. right?
1: I mean, so D Hop is a year older than him. He's mm-hmm. thirty one, and mm-hmm. he had a couple. He signed a two year deal. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. He had
2: accomplished a ton. Yeah. And and so if it does if someone is lucky enough to to have a chance to get him, they're probably gonna have to throw some money at him to get him to come off of the Tampa mm-hmm. roster because I don't know how rosy it is down there financially, but I would
3: think he wants to be a lifer in, in Tampa Town. Yeah, he oh, wants that's... he wants money. He's got a ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this particular point, he wants he wants to get paid again for so sure. Since
4: since Mia compared him to uh, to D Let's say you sign him. He, he gives you 75 catches, 1,000
2: yards, and seven touchdowns. Worth mm-hmm. it? Uh, I, I'm thinking more from, from Mike Evans, but that's still pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm thinking I more. Mean, yeah. I
1: mean, but what's the difference between that and that's what you Ridley. got from Calvin Ridley? Yeah, right.
2: That's yeah, the right. same thing. Right. And so, and I would pay a guy that's just a you know, tick younger, but Mike Evans has done more over a longer period of time, and then you've got to say, okay, am I buying Ridley for that next step that he's ready to take? I, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, he loves football, hmm. loves to practice, so we'll see.
1: Mike Evans not listed among the players that would be eligible for a franchise or a transition tag. And note, because we had a couple of nooners who were asking about a restricted, unrestricted franchise tag. As far mm-hmm. as I know, it's the franchise tag. Or it's the transition tag. That's what we call the two of them
2: Yeah, now. and then you have exclusive rights and then non-exclusive.
1: Right, yeah. which is what Lamar Jackson experienced yeah. last mm-hmm. year. So that is where there's a differentiation. Um, the following players are eligible to be either franchise tagged or transition tagged lasting starting today and lasting and through Tuesday, March 5th, which was, of course, two weeks from today. Josh Allen of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants who played on the tag a year ago. Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers, Kyle Duggar of the Patriots, T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals, Josh Jacobs, who played on the franchise tag last year, Jalen Johnson, the star corner for the Chicago Bears, Justin Matabuke, who we mentioned from the Baltimore Ravens, Baker Mayfield, Michael Pittman in Indianapolis, Christian Wilkins in Miami, and Antoine Winfield in Tampa Bay. Now, what's so fascinating for me, because I know who the apple of many a Duvaler's eye is, the guy up in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about that scenario is that you could tag T. Higgins, extend that negotiating window, maybe come to terms on a deal before the year starts, or just have him play on the tag this year. Mm -hmm. Guess what happens next year? You got to pay Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. And... Yes, Cincinnati has, I believe it's the third most cap space, fourth most, or one, two, three, four, five, fifth most cap, cap space. Right. They have $59 million. So if they're going to get a deal done with both those guys, now is probably the time.
2: Probably, because everything goes up, and you're going to have to deal with two two guys that are alphas, like you're describing.
1: So, that, but, but it feels like the prevailing thought the last few weeks out of Cincinnati has been that he is a prime candidate to be tagged, mm-hmm. akin to here in Jacksonville. And so, I mean, hey, maybe – I just don't see a world in which they let him walk that easily. No. And that Just like here in Jacksonville with Josh yeah. Allen.
2: Yeah, you have – and I, this is why we go back and we always talk about the tag because you, you only – I think most often teams use it to negotiate, of course, but they also try and use it when they feel like they're the most desperate to make sure that the deal that – that the guy does not get out of town. And that would be the case when you're talking about – Making sure that a Josh Allen doesn't leave here, or making sure that a T. Higgins or whomever could be Jamar Chase next year just doesn't get out of town, because the last thing you want to do is to answer to your fan base: "How the hell did you let him get out of here?" And, and and you know how that you know what that feeling's like.
3: That's for yeah, sure. What if, what, what, what if it's a scenario where Cincinnati gives Jamar Chase a long-term deal and still works on T. Higgins? Mm-hmm. Because I I just can't see in the world where they would tag uh, Jamar Chase and not give him a long. He was he going to the last year of his deal. No, this this, year?
1: This, this this was the last year of his deal. Oh, this was the last year yeah. of his deal. He's technically going it's, it's same as uh, Josh T- Allen. Yeah, for no, T. T. No. Higgins oh, is yeah. like, no, Jamar. Yeah. Jamar Chase has got one no, more. No, so year. Jamar, because he was a first round pick, T. Higgins mm-hmm. was a second round pick, yeah. he, mm-hmm. the fifth year option could be used. Yeah. So technically he would have one more year on top yeah. of it. Yeah. But yeah. still, I mean, I would think with fifty nine million dollars in cap space, yeah. you're gonna try to lock these guys up now while you have the room, are you not?
3: Yeah, yeah. But what if you pay Jamar Chase and, and then I mean, because I just can't see a world where they're, they're, they're going to pick up the option for Jamar Chase, of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, what if they give him a long term deal and, and they tag T Higgins?
2: Then T would be pouting. He would be pouting. He would. And I get it. I,
3: I, he could pout all they want. I mean, yeah. listen, he's not as great as he is. He's not Jamar Chase exactly.
2: And, and so you got to figure out. If- and the franchise
3: can say, "Hey, listen, we got to we got to sign this guy to a long term deal." Right. You know, and. and and we got to work. We'll work on T. Higgins. Okay, here's
2: another one. We'll, well,
4: we'll there's there's also the, there's the windows kind of closing also for the a- exactly. So. Yeah.
2: All right, here's another one real quick <clears throat> because when you think about you know, the idea of of making sure Tua Tua had the fifth year option picked up, mm-hmm. but he is into the final year of his contract. He did not get the big deal that a Justin Herbert got and a Joey Burrow got. Those were three of the yeah. First why have we heard nothing out of Miami? Picks. Okay. Why are we not
1: talking about that more? And,
2: and he will play and I think he, and I I'm, I'm just trying to pull from memory here in the neighborhood of 23-24 million bucks, maybe even less than that that he's making this year when those other cats are averaging 40 plus million a year. And so it can't be sitting well with him, but at the same time they bet against him cuz they weren't sure he was going to be able to come through this yeah. year healthy and he did. It.
1: They're also 51 million dollars over the cap. So, yeah, maybe that's that's the third most in the National Football League. Maybe that's why we're not talking about the the Tua situation. But another interesting name as we continue into the 1 o'clock hour with this discussion of players that are eligible as of today for the franchise or transition tag. Another guy who I would think they're trying to hold on to in Miami is Christian Wilkins. Yeah,
2: that's the guy that I would just love to have in the interior part of the line. Go back in time and remember when they had that, trio of stars on that defensive line and Cleveland Farrell was the first guy taken and Christian Wilkins was taken, what, 13th something like that to the Miami Dolphins and and the guy has been a stud inside.
1: Very good friends with Trevor Lawrence too. Yeah, And Travis Etienne.
2: Clemson love. Yeah, Just
1: just throwing that energy out into the Mm -hmm. universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need some positive energy. Hit us up on the text line. 641-1010 the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, We got the the Walking Dead. We've got whatever Joe's hacking (laughs) up. Send us your positive vibes on a Beaver Toyota Beaver Chevy Tuesday right here on XL primetime
0: grilling up lunch with leon and the sausage dudes sausage with a purpose on Ten Ten xl we are the
2: dudes he is the sausage i don't know what i was gonna say but we we do it with a purpose every single day on hey xl man. XL Prime Time, Leon Cersei, right
4: I don't know where you were going. Matty Hayes, right there,
2: man. me, O'Brien, Joe C, along with JJ Laselva, cranking it out, yeah. and uh, you know we are here in beautiful Duval, uh, but we have listeners all around the globe. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, there's people that are tuning in to 1010 XL 92.5 FM, and so I will say, a round of applause is needed for one Mark Carnaval who is sitting poolside in Puerto Vallarta. Mexico so he says hola and take a look at the text line and he shot us a picture and that is a beautiful little setup that they've got there for the and I love saying this the Mexico open at Vedanta and so, nice. right there in beautiful is Tiger yard. playing? Uh, no. I hear that
1: was quite the talking point yesterday. I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He's yeah.
3: taunting us right now. Yeah. You know that, right? Is oh, he, he is. Is He's that 100%, sure. 100% taunting? Is that poolside? What am I oh, looking yeah, at? That's Take a look poolside. at that, bro. It's some, some red sangria somewhere around. Connie's <laughs> <laughs> uh?
2: Carney's literally taunting
3: us. Right oh now. man,
2: that's yeah. Yeah. That looks pretty good right there. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and on the
1: complete other end of the spectrum, we have a nooner listening to us from Minnesota. Um, how cold is it there, 652? Oh yeah. Let us know. I don't think it was as warm as uh, the picture that Carney just sent us. Yeah, I,
2: I've got to tell you, I, you, you give me, I look at it, I, like, I, I feel like I'm. The walking wounded and already walking well, see, pneumonia over there. See, that's what y'all, y'all need. Have like... Y'all
3: need that right there. Yes. Yeah. That's that is, 100% that yes. That is the cure to what y'all have right there. I now. need sun. Some poolside sun and, heat. and some red sangria. Yes, heat. Oh, yeah. I'm I do I'm so, so like
4: tired that. of this yeah. wet. It let's I, heat. I want to sweat.
2: And, I yeah. do like that idea. All right. It is XL prime time. Thanks to Beaver, Chevy, Beaver, Toyota on a beautiful <clears> Tuesday. <throat> Tuesday. I do like the fact that it's warming up. We see a little sunshine, uh, and thankfully they were able to get all the rain out of North Florida and down at the Daytona over the last couple of days to where they could run under uh, the stars last night, which is always a great scene whenever you see them do that. Uh, and you were able to hear it right here on 1010XL with the Daytona 500. I got this great story uh, about FSU in Florida Coming up in just a little bit. But we did end uh, the 1 o'clock hour going into this, discuss- this discussion about the franchise tag and dreaming of who might be out there. This football team, they can't necessarily dream about the Christian Wilkins of the world. I would love to see a guy like that. So now, you don't have him. You're not going to go get him. So now they're probably going to have to find that type of guy in the draft, which well, is what we've been talking about. Are, that are you,
1: are you saying line. Miami's... Going to tag him, despite being $51 million over the cap? I
2: I, I don't know exactly how it's going to shake out, because if you you go back and think of each offseason, particularly this one here a year ago, and how far they were over the cap, they weren't 51, but they had to restructure a lot of contracts. To collect some cash, and you can see that scenario down there. Let's
1: go to that point then for this team Mm -hmm. in this town. Let's kind of run through. They need to do it. Right. So right now the Jaguars have $11 million in cap space. They are in the green, which is at least a positive because obviously there's quite a few teams in the red, i.e. the New Orleans Saints. Mm. $83 million, Leon, over the cap. (laughs) Mm. And they're committed to Derek Carr for at least Mm. the next two years.
2: Good luck with that. Have yeah. fun. Have yeah.
1: fun down yeah. in New Orleans. Um, so here's what the Jaguars cap situation looks like heading into 2024. The biggest cap number is Christian Kirk at 24 million dollars. He renegotiated slash um what are the, what's the, why am I blanking on the term restructured yeah restructured, restructured. restructured. restructured his deal last year. Personally, would anticipate the same. He's not going anywhere. Brandon Scherf, a 23 million dollar cap hit, a 14.8 dead cap number if he was to be cut
2: that that's the one that gets me a little bit because i don't like the dead cap money but i also don't like the price that 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 they have to pay him right now because like like we said earlier a three or 49 million dollar deal for a guard that has not come through Oof. it's he, also the commitment to playing him too yeah yeah you
4: got you yeah you yeah. have to
2: remember yeah. that too yeah. because if you move on
4: from him then you're moving on you're finding someone else there
1: correct yeah. mm. right and then and who is your option i know you know we have rose-colored glasses for cooper hodges but he hasn't actually taken an NFL no, I, snap I yet. agree with that. Yeah.
4: But my, my point with your committing to play him is he could get injured again. Yep.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you still are on the hook for
4: a yeah. big chunk.
1: To the defense of Brandon Scherf, he did restructure his deal last offseason. Mm-hmm. So perhaps mm-hmm. he does again. Maybe that changes that number even more so. Mm-hmm. Foya Aluokin, a $21 million cap hit, a $14.5 million dead cap number.
2: And look, that guy, I love I love Foyer. I think he's proven that he's a leader, he's responsible, he's prepared, he's all these things. He became a little bit of a better player, I think, from the inside by doing more things for this football team. Think of him getting to the quarterback, picking off a football, taking it home uh, to the house, along with doing what he always does, which is just tackle people left and right. So I, I could see maybe giving him some money up front, which, Leon, whenever we talk about restructuring, that's essentially what's happening, yeah.
3: correct? Yeah, they're basically taking up front money and reducing their salary okay. to make yeah. more room, to make yeah. more cap room. So whatever. he might be so a candidate he might, for that. he might be a guy like that. L- so maybe what I'm, about, maybe I'm
4: wrong here, but wasn't the idea of taking those two linebackers is that one of them
2: would eventually re- replace foyer? No, they brought them all in at the same time. Hell, uh, t- Trent Baalke. If you like peel back a layer of him, uh, he's got linebacker tattoos all over his body. There's and also one a of running back, in the fifth able- round, too. Yeah.
1: There's a running back in the fifth round tattoo, too. Unbelievable. One of those
2: guys should be able to allow you out of that contract, yeah. right? Yeah, you would think, but no Muma, no mm-hmm. Lloyd doing that. At least not right now. And then
1: it's a fourteen point five million dollars mm-hmm. dead cap number. Not that you know, dead cap in this right. day and age is all you
2: know. It's not terrible, but if you had I remember a- when
1: Blake Bortles got cut, and it was like, oh my God, the dead cap, the dead cap. And yeah. now it's like everybody has dead yeah. cap. Yeah. Um. So. It should be noted there were only two players um, that at least public knowledge did not restructure a season ago. Foyer restructured his contract, took more money up front, Brandon Mm -hmm. Scherf, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk. The two players who did not were Cam Robinson and Darius Williams. Cam Robinson, the next highest number on that list, a $21 million cap hit, a $5 million dead cap number.
3: Yeah, if they didn't restructure his deal, I mean, he's gone.
1: Right, and that's what I was told last year. Mm -hmm. Like, that was – The prevailing thought was, you know what, we're not restructuring you because you're probably gone next year. We're giving you your money now. But my question (laughs) for you, Leon, is and again, when you look at this $21 million cap hit versus a $5 million dead cap number, I mean, that's a savings Mm -hmm. of $16 million. Mm -hmm. My question for you with Cam Robinson, and we've gone back and forth on this, but I think, you know, now we really need to talk about it as we get ready for the combine next week and all the, you know, the picture coming into focus. Do you try to trade? Cam Robinson.
3: I mean, he has trade value. I mean, if you if you just let him go, I mean, he, he's gonna he's gonna garner attention from free agency. I mean, the only issue that you want to probably have with him is staying healthy. You know, staying healthy. And he was, he was suspended first four games, and then he missed what three three games again, two mm-hmm. or three yeah, games. To, the total of eight. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I mean, there's a little wear and tear on that tire. So I, I mean, I, I, yeah. you, you could probably get some value for him before you just let him go into free agency. But someone's going to pick him up. Okay, so Someone, let's – Someone is going to get – you know, is going to be interested in it.
2: For so sure. let's do this, though. If you were to, to look at the idea of moving him, and I still think it's a high-risk proposition mm-hmm. because you do not have answers that you are 100% sure of at left and right tackle. You just don't right now. They may draft another guy, and then they'll probably have a little bit better plan. But anyway, if you do want to get that number off the books, trading him is value to the other team, too. Mm. because he's at least more affordable than what might be out there in free agency world, and you can negotiate with one team exclusively. So that might happen.
1: You mm. also could argue they already have their left tackle on the roster, if mm-hmm. you believe in Walker – no, mm-hmm. or, or Anton. I mean, yeah. Anton, Anton could move over. Anton or Walker Little, who uh, – Walker Little is only costing a 2.45. Right,
4: that's the – it's money. It's strictly
3: it is money right yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: I, I'm only simply saying that you do not know you're set at left and right tackle. You don't. Well, I, mean, I, I don't w-
4: disagree, but how? I mean, I don't know how much better. Like, it, it, let's just say Walker Little's completely healthy. Okay, mm-hmm. how much better is Cam than Walker Little, if uh, he is? Uh,
3: well, that's what they're looking at organizationally. Say, well, 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 all things equal, right? You know, they're you know they're teetering on the he same. Was on the same seesaw. Yeah, he was better.
2: Mm-hmm. I I think in the end, overall, the total amount of time that he's played left tackle
3: versus Walker Little. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, he's got more. He's got more tape. He's got better tape. Yeah you got know got more the, then walk, yeah, the walk. more right. and better more a larger sample size yeah, yeah.
1: let's yeah. let's continue this exercise as we kind of figure out you know maybe where potential cap casualties could be that then could open that 11 million dollars in cap space that Jaguars have maybe that does allow you and maybe if you get a deal done with Josh Allen mm-hmm. to then go more, out more, 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 and yeah. add some guys in free agency so Rayshon Jenkins a 12 million dollar cap hit 7.136 million number dead cap number if you were to cut him
2: mm-hmm. Now, Sean, if you're looking up, and, and like we're trying to figure out whether Walker can replace Cam, or you're looking up and saying Antonio Johnson can replace Rayshon, if you feel that way uh, and you're ready to gamble on it, then you're going to do it. And you're going to say goodbye to Sean and you're going to introduce the next guy that's going to come in and take over that spot. That's really what you've got to figure out. But you still do not have I I don't givens. even think it's a gamble. I think yeah. it's,
4: you have to do
2: it. Uh, probably because you,
4: because you need to add in free agency too. Yeah. You, yeah, need you have big to bodies. You have,
2: you have to turn over this roster. Yeah, because of how expensive it, it has become. And, and whether he's ready or not, he better be ready because yeah, he's yeah. he's their guy. Right uh, I'm now. not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that you are now asking two guys to play key positions that you really don't know 100% that they've they've got it.
1: Fully Fatakasi, a $12.8 million cap number, a 9.2 dead cap number. Um, I think with these defensive guys, what's going to be fascinating to see is Ryan Nielsen comes in. Mm -hmm. He says either, yep, we can work with this, or we need to bring our guys in. Does he even say that? Does he say he's going to work with whoever he's given? I I think that he was very lucky in Atlanta because they had a lot of cap space, and they literally went free agent shopping akin to the Jaguars in 2022. I don't think that the Jags, even with potential cap casualties, will have that sort of money. I think they'll have enough money that, again, and I listed a couple of these on last week's program. A couple of these like lesser known free agent guys, the mm-hmm. Cantavius Street, a Marcus Davenport on a prove it deal, a Bud Dupree on a prove it deal. Which is like if if you give guys like you know four million dollar base with various incentives,
2: it's kind of what Foley was when he came in. Uh, if if we're thinking about it, and so look. Uh, Foley, I was such a fan. East Rockaway Beach, I was such a fan. With apologies to my buddy Richie from Rockaway, we call him Dicko. I'm like, uh, Foley Fatakasi did not come through. He did not come through. He's been hurt, and he's not been a- a- 100%. And so, yeah, that, that, that's done, I believe. Also
1: should be noted <clears throat> that he was a Mike Caldwell um, decision mm-hmm. from their time together with the mm-hmm. Jets. Yeah. Um, or at least and, had influence in that signing.
2: And the Jets, as good as they were up front, they chose not to keep him. Let him test the
1: waters of the open market, because obviously they had some other investments they needed to protect. Um, Just a couple more. Um, I won't go through Trevor and Trayvon. They're they're both going to be here. Ditto to Evan Ingram. Uh, Zay Jones, an $11 million cap hit, $6.5 million dead cap number. Again, he restructured his deal last offseason. I kind of anticipate the same. I know there were some fans that were floating like, would you rather cut Zay to create money for Calvin Ridley? If Zay Jones doesn't suffer the various knee injuries that he did, if you go to the tape where he was healthy, that season opener against the Colts, the game against Buffalo, the training camp that he had, I mean, you could argue if he had been healthy.
2: I I was all about it. It's a completely
1: different end result of the season for this team.
2: I think if both Zay and Kirk stayed healthy, uh, beginning of the season for Zay, of course, and then the end of the season for Kirk, Who knows what would have been possible, but both of them – Kirk obviously With or without the 60 turnovers. Yeah. yeah. Well, Well, no, and that's that's a good point, too. They helped him from making mistakes. Honestly, think about it.
1: Those are the security blankets. Yeah,
2: because when they didn't have – when they didn't have those guys making plays, that's when – Parker
1: Washington running the wrong route.
2: Yeah, and that's when – and Calvin running the wrong route. Right. You know, and so – One final one that I – guys were pretty sturdy.
1: I I think is kind (laughs) of interesting, and it will be a great segue for us as we look at Daniel Jeremiah's uh, second mock draft. Mm Mm-hmm. Darius Williams did not restructure his deal last offseason, was the other player that did Ten point $10.5 million cap hit, a $500,000, less than a million dollar dead cap number. The reason I bring that one up, I don't think he's going anywhere. He played well. He played well. I believe that you're in a situation maybe you restructure with him, even though this is the last year of his deal. You need to roll into the draft and into free agency. At least with the semblance of if we had to line up today, who would our starters be? And as much as he's in a contract year and Tyson Campbell's in a contract year, you have two proven commodities on the outside when healthy. Mm-hmm. At the same time. Can't that
2: up. But then, and, and he but, played but, well.
1: Right. But does he fit Ryan Nielsen's scheme? Yeah, but
3: neither one of them a press man. And neither one of them are press man corners. There's zone coverage corners. And according to our defense coordinator who – Ran the most, I mean, they, listen, they're like I said, they either gonna, they either, or when they excel or get exposed. But, but most, this team, vast majority of the year, last year, played zone. These guys aren't, can they do it? Of course they can do it. Can they do it consistently well? They were
4: doing some matchup stuff with Tyson Campbell. Hmm. They were doing combo covers where he was playing man, the rest were playing zone. Yeah. yeah I think but, he, can but, but Cal- a, he can be but, a, a press guy.
3: Yeah, Caldwell ran press man 18%. Yeah, This dude right. runs it 55% right. of the time. Mm. I get it.
2: Yeah, so you better get your, yeah, yeah, you got to get personnel exactly. to match. Yeah, the, the,
3: the, that means that this guy ain't hitting buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's hitting dribbles. Yeah,
2: and he doesn't want to just keep giving up <laughs> yards, yards, yards. All right, so we'll keep it going with that. <laughs> yes, um,
1: because Daniel Jeremiah yeah. has once again projected, of course, from the NFL Network, Mm -hmm. uh, the Jaguars to select a cornerback at number 17 overall.
2: And if they do turn it over, then it would be looking at Mm -hmm. a guy that Ryan Nielsen would like to play his type of of defense. All right, so let's get into that coming up. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they are our sponsors on Tuesday. They are there to wow you. And if you check out BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com, safe driving for kids. They got their first ever golf classic taking place at Marsh Creek. It is March 11th and they would love for you to be part of it, making sure that they provide scholarships and opportunities for the young kids uh, right here on the First Coast. Make sure you go to BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com and check it out there. We're staying NFL, but I got this great FSU v. Florida story coming up before the hour is done. Grilling Up Lunch with
0: Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a Purpose on 1010XL.
1: Before we get to Daniel Jeremiah's 2.0 mock draft from the NFL Network, we really uh, struck a nerve with some Jaguar fans out there, Leon. Mm. Off the YouTube chat line, which, JJ, uh, remind our our friends how they can get involved in the conversation on YouTube.
4: This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line.
1: Yeah, oh. Robert says that Darius played press man with the Rams. Tyson played it against the Raiders in 2022, <clears throat> lined up against Devontae Adams. Uh, another one of our listeners, Jeremy Tyson also played mainly man coverage in college. He was not alone. We had a couple of our nooners on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Also saying that coming out of Georgia, Tyson Campbell, a man to man corner.
3: Okay, that's good to hear. I'm just talking about the philosophies of the defensive coordinator while he was here. Yeah, what you, what, what but, you yeah, saw, what I saw, exactly.
2: Most recent history.
3: I mean, if you were a corner in high school, college, or professionally, you played man-to-man coverage right. at some at some capacity. I'm just, I was just referencing the fact that we do more zone mm-hmm. than man-to-man.
2: Yeah, and heck, if you go back two years' time, mm-hmm. they they had signed Shaq Griffin to a big contract, mm-hmm. and they tried to come in and play man, and he was much better at zone, and mm-hmm. they weren't ready to coach up zone. So there have been all sorts of problems. Yeah. If you go mm-hmm. back, Tyson Campbell in his first year, Shaq on the other side, and the, and and then the next year they paid a big number to get Darius, and you're thinking, well, wait a minute, if he's going to be that high-priced free agent, he's got to go to the outside. They didn't. They put Tyson out, and they put him in. And we all know that Shaq ended up getting hurt and and, and was phased out, and Darius had to go to the outside. So they've tried a lot of different things. They just need to be more successful when it comes to Mm -hmm. uh, shutting people
3: down.
1: Elaborate on what you were saying, though, Leon. Everybody's played man-to-man. Yeah. But there's something different about press man versus man-to-man. So for those listeners who may not be familiar when they hear that terminology with regards to Ryan Nielsen's style.
3: Well, I mean, Ryan Nielsen style is more of an attack style defense. So, in his attack style defense, his corners are more, more mainly man coverage. So, he's anticipating getting home before those guys give up big plays. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a more attack style, brings guys from di- different variations, left, right, middle, all that twist game and all that kind of stuff. So, he, he expects his corners to be – locked in on whatever receiver they are.
1: They're closer Closer, to, absolutely. Right. That's that's the biggest difference. Yeah. So. They
2: will mm-hmm. walk up. They want to disturb the route. Exactly. That's what they want to do. And they mm-hmm. don't necessarily need to lock on and, and be man right from the jump, but disturb the route, take him, knock him off. Right. Uh, and Darius he, is not right. that type of guy. Yeah. Tyson Campbell at 6'2", it's
4: 205 physical. is yeah. a
2: guy that can be yeah, press man, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. But I, I just love – I'm thinking about getting I, – I, I should. i I'm not even going to say this out loud. I was going to say get a tattoo like Lee, and I ain't doing that. But mm-hmm. – uh Nothing nothing cheap and nothing deep, okay? Nah. I love it. And that's basically what he wants to do, Ryan Nielsen, your new de- uh, defensive coordinator, to just force these guys to physically get past you at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, second mock draft came out this morning. Um, most of the teams of the 32, he has them selecting a different player outside of, you know, Caleb Williams at the top and mm-hmm. a couple others. Mm-hmm. He has them selecting a different player than they did in his 1.0 mock draft. Not the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is sticking with Quinion Mitchell, the cornerback out of Toledo, who wowed scouts at the Senior Bowl less than a month ago. A lot of questions of, hey, he played in the MAC. He played at Toledo. As much as, yes, he was courted by Power Five programs, he opted to stay at Toledo. How would he fare against Power Five competition at the Senior Bowl? And the answer was, from all accounts of the the scouts that were there and the media mm-hmm. members that were there, he may have been the most talented defender on the field mm-hmm. for either team.
3: Yeah, that's why most cats go to, go to the, the senior bowl because you're gonna have a nice little mixture. You're gonna have power five. You're gonna have you know you don't uh, the other there was a group, po- of, five. group of five. So you you have a nice little mixture. Nice little mixture of the you know those type of groups, and if you go out there and shine, mm-hmm. you know the Senior Bowl, you're gonna have all kind of NFL scouts out yeah, there. So, so yeah. you garner that kind of attention when you go out there and play the way he plays. Yeah. Listen, Sauce Gardner with the Cincinnati, yeah. All right, He's the top five. I mean, he's one of the top corners in the in in, sure. car, in the NFL right now.
2: Yeah, and, and just for what Jeremiah had to say about Mitchell, excellent size, speed, toughness. For the position at his best in off man coverage, mm-hmm. uh, where he plays out of a side turn, eyes the quarterback through the wide receiver, situationally aware, uh, settling at the sticks uh, before triggering it on the ball. So he has a lot of nice things to say about him. But we say this all the time, Matt: big bodies. Yeah, you want you want the big body. Yes, but does it translate? Okay, this is always going to be the question. Does it translate from that level to the next level? And can he do that against, we're talking the best of the best when it, mm. when it comes to size and speed receiver? I just I, I, I think you
4: have the ability to hit with a corner mm-hmm. later in the draft more than you have the ability to hit with a big body mm-hmm. later in the draft. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of why I think, I mean, they need big bodies on the offensive front. On the defensive front, yeah, that's
2: what they need. That's what I'd be shopping for.
1: I also go back mm-hmm. to what Trent Bulkey said in his press conference a few weeks ago, when he stressed that they need to get guys in here that will help shape the identity of the team, or something to that ilk. Of mm-hmm. uh, we need guys that will g- help give us the identity that, for lack of a better term, the Jaguars sorely lacked.
2: Well, I, I think which
1: said said to me as you need guys that tough. are mean, yeah. tough, alpha. Uh-huh. I don't know if Quinion Mitchell's that guy.
2: I don't know, but to follow what you're saying, and I'll just keep reminding people: five of the last six games, they were physically beaten. Mm-hmm. They were physically beaten up. <clears throat> they did not win one-on-one battles, which you won on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh,
3: well, that's, uh, that's lack of leadership, lack of culture. You don't. You don't have that kind of collapse. Uh, you don't have that kind of collapse in this day and age. If you don't, if you don't have the right locker room, I, I just. I refuse to believe that. I, I refuse to believe that you, if you got enough, you got enough leadership within that locker room that you don't allow to lose five out of six games. Mm-hmm. And Not when you're the number one seed. Not when you're eight and three and number one seed.
2: Oh yeah, and a ninety nine percent chance to make. The oh yeah, season. absolutely, ninety nine uh, All right, uh, real quick, um, just from Daniel Jeremiah, and you guys can, I'm sure you draft nicks have already pulled up uh, Quignon and taken a look at him, but just for what his write up was. He had five interceptions, including a pair of pick sixes in 2022. Uh, Wasn't challenged very often in 2023, uh, even on that level, uh, because, look, we're talking about if he is coming out of the MAC and is playing where people are regarding him as a first-round draft pick, he is kind of a man among boys. But at the same time, he just says that he is physically quick, smart, uh, and can definitely take on the bigger and better draft Playmakers Here's
3: a question I want to ask y'all. I mean, how do you identify who fits a good fit for a jagu- Jaguars when they have an identity crisis
1: themselves? Yeah. Good Great point.
3: question. I, I'm just saying. I, I mean, how do you know who's a fit when y'all don't know who you are? I'm going
4: to identify the three or four baddest mofos in that draft yeah. and I'm going to find one of them to get mm-hmm. one of
2: them. That's but now again, again, now again, what you're, what trying to, you're trying okay. to get.
3: I understand. I, I, listen, I'm, I, want, I want big bodies too. On either side of line, you of side. Of offensive line, of defense, attack.
1: So yeah. I agree with Matt. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%, Leon, yeah. that how can you make this decision when you don't know your identity? Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, the one thing that I know for certain is a part of this team's identity if they want to have success moving forward, if they're on this trajectory, is 16.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to him. And I'm not saying you're going to make the pick at 17, but you tell me. What does this team still need? And I get that he'll say he's not the GM, he's not making the decisions, but it has to start and end with the quarterback. If he doesn't know what way this team is headed, well, then I maybe love- he's not the guy either. Yeah, and I- then I- you've mm-hmm. got a real identity crisis yeah. on your hands. Uh,
2: and I love what Denny Thompson not said like yesterday. Uh, the quarterback whisperer popped and he said, you know, Trevor needs to take over that skill position group in this offseason and go wherever you want to go. But get your guys together and figure out who's who, and basically say, when we run this, this is what I want. This is what I demand. And basically become that leader that we're talking about, become that big cat yeah. or a dog or however you want to describe him. But yeah, that has to happen for that identity thing to come through. Yeah,
3: but you know, someone, listen, nah, I'm not going to travel. Someone's this bitch in 315. I, I, he's not going to get a big body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 He's not going to think He's not gonna think interior linemen or yeah. thing. He's no, not. No, he may. He after he's going to think, many, virus, after, who you think? After court, how many you injuries? you think Trevor's going to ask for? After he got beaten up yeah. this year, maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying, who do you think? He's going to he's, he, he's going. gonna want another weapon. He might see those three
4: O-lays I in hope front so. of him in the middle I hope so. Think, That's uh, what I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping.
2: So, I'm at hoping. the very least, he can say, okay, I feel like our flush points, when we're getting bruised more than anywhere else, is the interior part of the offensive line, and and he can say it sacredly where other teammates don't hear it, but he needs to let the Balky and the, and, the, and the Petersons of the world know, if I don't have a clean pocket, because Trevor started to look like things were happening too fast for him. If he doesn't have a clean pocket, he's not going to want to stay back there. He's going to be taken off and running. And so he should be – that should be on his wish list. Well, I mean,
3: here's the thing about this. Does Trevor seem to be the type of guy who's going to implicate somebody? Because if, if he's saying that I need an interior guy on the offensive line, he's implicating that the guys in front of him are horrible. Mm-hmm. is he does he come across that kind of person right, or, i mean i just, mean but you got keep but you got but skin. you got to put that you got to put that stuff aside you got to put that stuff aside right. you got you got to look at real what real is the truth the truth of the matter is yeah. that he was not protected internally yeah. And if I'm him, I'm saying the first and foremost, first thing I'm saying is, hey, listen, you got to give me some protection, There's and it hard, starts ugly front. truth that you has got, to he, be And I'm hoping that he do it. that. I way, don't think yeah. he would have, whether any – whether be a center, right guard, or a left right, guard. Right, and, and I don't think he, he
1: would have any issues saying, look, last year we banked on Ben hmm. Barch coming off of a significant knee injury, a very significant knee injury, and that was going to be the answer at left guard. And then Walker Little, who had never played the position, could also fill in there, and say, look, that was not the like that was not a foolproof plan because clearly mm-hmm. it had flaws in it. It reared its ugly head, mm-hmm. and so depth in the offensive front. I don't think that they're, you know, I don't think that's out of the question for Trevor to say no. that.
2: No, no, and I would love for him to. I don't think to... he's going
1: to throw Fortner under the bus, but I think I would. I think he's going well, <laughs> to say, "I need, I, I need too. guard
3: hurts. depth." I has got to be some listen, hard
4: conversations in that. Bro, in that your
3: place. play is your resume. In that film don't lie. I'll film film right don't now. lie. And listen, Trevor's. I'm sure, and this has happened when I was with when Brew was here. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks, when there's issues with the with the line or the protections and stuff like that, quarterbacks come in the offensive line re- meeting room, and we say quarterback because here's here's what happened. All right, Brew was was complaining about protection, you know, on the outside, and so in seven step drops, and he, he was he got on me and Bo. I mean, Bo could probably remember this. He got on me and Bo about the outside about which what, what, what Brunel was doing the seven step drops. He was bouncing back two two steps. Wow. And we had to bring it to his attention. So it was becoming a nine, Bo, so, Me and Bo, because, you know, in the game, Brew gets heated. Yeah. He gets heated. Hey, y'all, like, you can't get no blah, blah, blah. So me and, me and Bo had to go watch the film. We watched the film. Seven stretch draws. He would bounce back two steps. That's nine. Yeah. Okay, we're to protect seven, not nine. And we brought it to his attention. <laughs> I mean, stuff like that. I mean, little, little nuances like that See, you, you, yeah. have to, you have to bring to their attention.
2: It's like, I believe, like, say, backups, they can go and drop something in a suggestion box. Yeah. That that you don't need to identify yourself. You just put it in the suggestion box. Somebody reads it and says, "Oh, that's not a bad idea." Guys like you, you can walk up and step up and say
3: something yeah.
2: to and and legitimately defend what you what you are saying. Mm-hmm. What you need to win. Yep. So that's what leaders do. And that's
3: what leaders do. Mm-hmm. They make they got to make the hard decisions. They, and if Trevor has to tell the organization, "Hey, listen, internally you got to get better. I need protection. My pocket needs to be protected."
1: Mm-hmm. Do you like the thought of the Jaguars going corner at 17th? Do you agree with at least three fourths, if not more, or maybe the entire cast of XL Primetime? The Jaguars need to go offensive or defensive line at pick number 17. Draft talk, it's here. The Combine is a week away. You know you want to. 641 1010, get in on the conversation on a Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevy Tuesday.
0: Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on
2: 1010XL. Getting close to the 2 o'clock hour. Coach Campo, our head coach, will be rolling in, talking NFL, free agency, draft. What is this team going to do and maybe regain an identity? Now, back in the day, Florida, Florida State, it was an identity to that rivalry, was there not? It was Spurrier v. Bowden. It was Bobby the or, and I don't know where this comes from, Maddie, but it just cracks me up when they rekindle some of the old stuff back in the day in Spurrier talking to the athletic. And here's his quote, because they were talking about just some of the rich history uh, between the schools back then. He says, yeah, when we were going up against them, they were an independent school. So I hate to say it, uh, but nobody was looking over their shoulder about the rules. Oh, this, that, and the other. He said, we'd bring some recruits in, and their moms would say, Coach, your parking lot of cars don't look near as good as those up at FSU. I said, yeah, I know. That's just the way it is right now. That's all right. So they probably out-recruited us a little bit back in the 90s. And, of course, Miami was down there recruiting very well back then, too. But we got our share. We got a bunch of good guys. What about that? What about that? Leon, uh, did you have a parking lot full of nicer cars? Because FSU apparently We did,
3: we did absolutely. And I was concerned. <laughs> and that was – I remember when I came back with the Steelers in 92, I had me a nice little ride, whatever, and I'm driving down Carl Gables and I'm going into the parking lot where the Hex Center is facilities. Mm-hmm. And I see Benz, Beamer, Jaguar, Benz, Beamer. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa who's 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 dry right then that's when the Pell Grant scandal uh-huh tipped off uh-huh I saw a bunch of players in Benz Beamers and Jags I said oh that's classic that can't be good there are still better cars
4: in the FSU parking lot than Florida right now
3: yeah probably yeah yeah probably but that's just
2: that's just Spurrier going going back in time yeah. I love it though yeah yeah because yeah. FSU's figured out how to do NIL and yeah well, again, Matt, this does not have to come back to Billy Napier right no, now. This is all about Steven Orszberger and Bobby Bowden. All right, uh, you're 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 <laughs> blinded. You're blinded by Billy uh, right now because uh, I guess they they don't have any Lamborghinis rolling up there uh, in Gainesville like Carson Beck rolled up in uh, to Athens in or Old Miss uh, recruit rolled up in Oxford in.
4: Yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen a a Gators kid from the portal. Flash and a Lamborghini. Yeah, I have not. Or for that matter, like a
2: Toyota. Yeah. A Beaver Toyota. Yeah, which would be nice. Yeah, right. Give, give them the good ride. Uh, we totally accept get it. Arlington Toyota yeah, as well. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but the idea is is that back then it was hush, hush. Now it's not. And, of course, I'm not even comparing one to the other. I'm just – just those good old-day stories, which mm-hmm. when, you, when you mentioned the Pell Grant, it just kind of yeah. does make you – take you back in time. What was at stake, what you were willing to do – and that's how you got the bigs, to show up.
3: Mm-hmm, absolutely. The bags were on the well, underneath the table. They're on the table now. <laughs> now they're well over the table. Well over the yeah. table. <laughs> All
2: right, let's repeat the uh, vote. 5-7 format. You college football fans, you may not know what we're talking about. You diehards, of course, do. But the college football playoff is going to increase to 12 teams. And so this 5-7 format, if you haven't been paying attention, Matt, just lay it out to them because – this has right now been voted on by the College Football Playoff Committee. And approved. It's approved. It's only good for two years. So, it's a little NASCAR-ish. Uh, just because you approve something doesn't mean it has to stay forever. It's not baked in. It's a so just segue for two years. to yeah.
4: 2026 <clears throat> and the new contract when the SEC and the Big Ten are going to really start to flex. Which, and my guess is it will be all at-large teams beginning yeah. in 2026. 5-7, tell them. 5-7 is the top. The top five conference champions, which means you're going to get the four power champ, power four conference champions. There's no, it's no longer power five because the Pac-12 is now, of course, dis disassembled. Mm-hmm. The best way to, I yeah. guess, the best way to say it, um, harpooned. Yeah, harpooned. Um, and then the top, the top, it would be the group of five conference champion. Then they won't say that because all they're saying is, is they're trying not to separate the. Sure. Power five and the group of five. They're just saying the top five conference champions. So you're right. going to get that, and then you're going to get seven at large. And, and my guess is you're going to have a lot. It's going to be a, a, a SEC slash Big Ten-centric playoff field for the first couple of years, and then in 2026 it could get really interesting. Like, really interesting, really quick,
2: especially if they're all at large. Right, which you would not be shocked. I don't think too many people would be shocked.
1: Is if it they just quit. Big Ten and SEC then, or have they completely broken away at that point?
2: No, I don't think they've broken
4: away. I, I, don't, that's, I don't think that's their goal. I know a lot of people like to say that and hear themselves say that, but I don't think that's their goal. Their goal is to keep everything together, but to have the ability to, and this is what this whole group is about, the SEC and the Big Ten meeting together and trying to find common ground. It's about... It's about finding a structure that they can live live in. Right. And it's about enforcement, having their own enforcement. Mm-hmm. So they've always been the autonomous conferences. That's They're not really the Power Five conferences. They're actually called the Autonomous Five, but they were those five conferences mm-hmm. because they had their ability to create their own rules. They just didn't do their own enforcement. The NCAA still did the enforcement. Right. Now I think they're going to go full-born. It's going to be an enforcement and everything. So they'll be complete. Complete autonomy is what it's going to be.
1: Um, staying in the college ranks, let me ask you about this, Matt. Our friend Tony Pauline just posted this, that there will be no pro days in the Big 12 this year, and they would rather have their own mini combine yeah, in the Big gonna, 12? Yeah, I
4: think they're going to do it in Vegas, actually.
1: Yeah, what's that about? I, I saw this, and I was like, man, does it's this Brett require of that?
4: He's doing, he's doing something different. Just, just trying to um, switch it up a little bit. Having all the all the Big t- Big Twelve teams at one event, like a mini combine, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that that's good. I, I think it's actually probably bad because, and Leon can speak to this. When you are when you have those pro day combines, you can control the environment much better than you can at an at an environment where there's, you know, 12 teams, 16 teams, however many teams, and you're throwing to different people, and, and it's you you're, you are not setting up. What does Denny call it? The script, right? Mm-hmm. The script. And it's different, so I, I I don't like it. I understand why they're doing it because he's trying to get some attention to the Big Twelve, but I think at the end of the day, it might end up hurting players. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's nothing like having your own ba- your backyard barbecue, right? You, you get you have your pro day at your house. You're familiar with the facilities, yeah. And she this gives you this yeah. also gives you an opportunity to let some of your boys who probably weren't invited to the combine, you know, that on your team to come out there and run for scouts and run routes and do all the other kind of drills. I mean, that's why I did it. Right. I did it because it was only two It was only two canes that were invited to the combine, but then we had about 12 players in our class. So when I had my pro day, all the scouts came out, yeah. all the guys got to run, do the drills and all that kind of stuff, bench press and all, uh, vertical jump, and you know, got some exposure. Mm-hmm. And a couple of guys got drafted, you know, off that pro day. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't go to the combine.
2: Yeah. That's the best part of it. Mm-hmm. Eyes on you. Yep. Provides eyes on the other guys. And heck, you told the story way back when with Don Salinger. I'm coming in here to look. You're the guy recruited you. Yep. I talks to your head coach in high school. I'm coming here to look at X. Well, you ought to be looking at, at, at this guy. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's the beautiful part of it. Yeah. And so if that does happen, and I don't know whether it'll break away, you know, 100%, but that gives more players an opportunity to be seen. Mm. Off the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, DeAndre Robinson just posted a video of him buying his mom a house, probably more than a Lamborghini lease. So that's good, because that's uh, one of the Gator recruits. So yeah, go. Good for him. Man. Yeah, that's nice. That's I like nice. I that, like that. And so there's, look, there's it's coming in all form and fashion in terms of NIL, that's for sure.
1: Before we send Leon off for the day, I think you'll enjoy some of the responses to our question of number 17 overall. Corner versus identity, big guys, as one texter pointed it out, uh, a Tom Coughlin pick, Mm -hmm. a a big body on the offense for the defensive line for the Jaguars at 17. Um, This is, again, off of our YouTube channel. I wouldn't be mad at it, but you can get a guy like Renardo Green, a.k.a. a corner from FSU in the third or fourth, all for Keon Coleman or an interior offensive or defensive line at 17. I'd really like Fawaga or Latham at 17 grab another offensive lineman in the second, maybe a wide receiver in the middle rounds.
3: Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. As long as he's mean. Yeah. I want want someone to chip on their shoulder. Absolutely. Defensive line, offensive line. And
2: and by the way, you could find a chip on the shoulder Mm -hmm. with those big men that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But don't think for a moment that Puka Nakua or a sauce, uh, a guy Mm -hmm. who's receiving the ball or – Oh, yeah. They got a chip on their Oh side. yeah, absolutely. Those yeah. types of guys. That's true. Really- and they
1: could be mean too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be as much as we we stress that you know, your your identity is built from the core of your team aka those front 3 on the offensive and defensive line and that to, many times defines your identity, that still that personality could still come from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to necessarily be that position.
3: True. True. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, big Uh, Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. As you head out, Big Surce is out the door. We'll say hello to our head coach, Coach Campo, coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk some ball uh, with him, especially as we start a – we are starting to steam towards the NFL Combine, which will come up next week and kind of get an idea of what he thinks this team is looking for and the rest of them out there as they start to eye these draft prospects. There were a few guys that were left behind uh, that did not get invited, but that's also a good talking point that we'll have in the 2 o'clock hour is XL Primetime. XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo, is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air.
0: Online at boldcityac.com.
2: Two o'clock hour, revved up and ready to go. Dave Campo, big smile. Did you enjoy the weekend without football, or did you find yourself just kind of going through the remote control, going, where is football? Admit it, Coach. Bored. Yeah? Completely bored. Now, you didn't find some of those other great sports, like, were, Kansas
1: basketball has been too all over the map yeah. for Coach yeah, Now, they
2: did win, yeah. so I got a chance to watch that. They've been that. up and down, <laughs> That was though. good. Yeah, yeah. But you weren't like in on the 200-plus points that the NBA All-Star game no. provided on no. one side of no. the scoreboard. No,
7: no. I don't okay. look at the NBA, to be honest with you, which they're fabulous athletes. Oh, yeah, I, my I mean, gosh, yes. You know, it's, it's nothing not your... like – really, the games are nothing like the All-Star mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's put it that way. People yeah. think sometimes that's all they do is just run yeah. down the court and yeah. shoot. Yeah. yeah. But – I don't look at the NBA until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And when it gets to the playoffs, I watch them. It gets serious. Because that's it when serious. it's serious business.
2: All right. So it gets serious next week. We've got our head coach, Dave Campo, in with us. Uh, let's talk NFL Combine to start. If you guys want to jump in on the franchise tag or Combine, any questions you want to throw coaches' way, definitely do it. Text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641 1010. Or you can hit us on YouTube. Just search 1010XL and check us out with the live stream there. So take us from. The, the preparation, getting ready for the NFL Combine, kind of what, what what's the to-do sheet?
7: Well, first of all, all the assistant coaches now are looking at players, uh, along with, obviously, and, and, and I can only go by what we did. Right. You know, ha- at this part of the time, and I think I've said this before, but half of the day is on the cut-ups mm-hmm. and on the football because they've got to get ready for OTAs and everything. It's a brand-new defensive staff right uh so uh, and and i'm sure the offense is doing the same thing so they're looking at all that stuff but half of the days on the draft mm-hmm. half the days on the free agency whatever comes first and obviously it's free agency but uh in, so getting ready for the combine they're going to be they're going to have a pretty good idea of who the players are going into to the combine right and then when they go to the combine they'll have a sheet that they can go through and kind of grade the guys, and they're really grading them on athletic ability only. Mm-hmm. All you're doing is watching a guy run the 40, and then they're going through these drills. You look at a guy's hips, his quicks, whatever it is. Uh, you know, uh, as an athlete, you're looking at the vertical jump. You're looking at the change of direction on the three cone and the, and the uh, side-to-side, whatever they call it. I can't even remember. I'm getting old. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the, the preparation is going now as far as the offseason for both, you know, the football part of it and the draft and free agency.
1: Philosophical question from a head coaching perspective this next month or so. You get combine eyes, you see a guy, you note a position of need on your roster. Maybe you address it in free agency, maybe you don't. But I've been told that you need to go into the NFL draft feeling like, hey, if we had to play a game today, maybe it's not at the exact level of the roster we would like for it to play, but we have enough holes plugged that we could go out and play a football game right now. Is that true? Versus do you say, look, we know it's an offensive line, heavy draft. We know that means we're going into the draft with a hole at left guard, but we're going to address it. Versus, hey, we, we, we can't play our hand, and we need to at least sign free agents to plug those holes for now.
7: Well, I think they're going to look, I think a lot of it has to do with the answer to your question. Yes. You, you, your roster is who it is because you don't know what, who you're going to get in free agency or who you're going so to So you get have to
1: like start the draft with like, if we had to play a game today, we could.
7: And this is what we need to do. And that's what they're doing de- definitely here with the defense. They're looking at the defense and saying, hey, look, we don't know who we're going to get. Here's our people. Here's what we have to do on defense to play today. Now, as far as uh, you know, free agency and the other, you it, it depends on your cap. You know you don't you have to. One of the reasons that everybody's talking about and you all are talking about a lot about what what you do with Josh Allen. Do you franchise him? Do you, you know, try to sign him? Whatever. Uh, are you going to try to sign him before or just let him play on the franchise? Right. It all depends on what the rest of your roster looks like because part of the th- reason that you franchise a guy is to give you an opportunity to clear some stuff yeah. in order to, you know, to, to make it easier on you to do what you have to do to fill the roster. So they're going to look at free agency first, okay, because the combine, in all honesty, you're just looking at athletic ability. You know, You they really haven't zeroed in to all the little things that you look for in a guy. They're, they're going to the combine with the idea is here's the best maybe – Thirty guys at a position, whatever it is, we're going to grade them athletically. We're going to put that together, but in reality, it's what they see on film. What they, you know, about the guy from most guys are drafted from their workout, and they are from from the from the combine. Uh, so bike. real yeah, that's what we did.
1: real quick, just because you brought it up, did you hear what I just asked Matt about? about the Big 12 is going to have a mini combine instead yeah. of Pro Days. Yeah. You you talk about how many guys you found at a Pro Day. I when I say that they're doing away with Pro Days in the Big 12, your response?
7: Well, I, I don't think that that's smart. But at the same time, I can go with two guys, Woodson and Larry Brown, yeah. mm-hmm. okay? Those two guys were a little bit different because Woodson, I'd seen a lot of film on him as a linebacker. And then I saw him, in the workout, beautiful. Larry Brown. I didn't look at the film until after, I saw him, work out. Now the the things that I worked him out on were basically the same things that you see in the combine. So it it's the opposite. You know, I know I'd seen Woodson, and then. Uh, I'd seen film on Woodson, and then I worked him out, and worked him on the the little things, the other way around with Larry Brown. So, uh, I I really think that the the workouts are really important if you can get to them. The the on campus right. Workouts.
1: You weigh that almost higher than the oh, combine. much
7: higher than the combine. Okay. Because not only are you dealing with his athletic ability there, but you're also talking to all the people at the building. You know, the, you, you're, we go downstairs and talk to the trainer or talking to the strength trainer and all those things, which you don't get at the
4: combine. So when you first got with the Cowboys, you, the idea was speed. You guys wanted speed. You wanted to move safeties to linebackers, linebackers to edge guys. Right. You, wanted to get, you wanted to increase the speed. Right. Now, along that same vein, can you as a franchise philosophically say, we need tough, Absolutely. tough, tough guys guys that are doing just, absolutely just tear your head off. And if, it, if that means we take them instead of a guy who might be a little bit more talented, then I'm fine with that.
7: Yeah. Can you, do
4: you, I mean, can you do that?
7: Well, I think you're looking for both, but at the same time, you, uh, physicality is something that's missing on this team, I think. And that's something that you can look for. Uh, and, and a lot of it is relentlessness. You know, if a guy's relentless, uh, Without a lot of uh, plays off, that's the kind of guy you want because chances are he's going to be relentless when he goes to the next level. Sometimes, when you look at a guy and he's not relentless, but he's really talented, it doesn't equate.
2: yeah, it's so
7: like... <clears throat> I, I think you look for like, physicality.
4: Let's say, let's say you're at you're 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 at seventeen and you've got a guy that's rated higher than a guy below him, three or four spots below him, but the guy three or four spots below him. Is a, it's just one bad hombre. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy you need. Yep. Do you, do you take that chance and say, you know what, this guy's probably the better prospect, but we need this guy.
7: Yeah. I think you do. I think that that's part of the, uh, when you're studying guys, that's part of the equation. You know, does he fit us? Listen, we took with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Now, going back there, uh, Russell, Maryland went number one in the draft. First pick.
2: Yeah, he was your Trayvon Walker.
7: Guess what? Yeah. He wouldn't have gone number one with anybody else in the league. Yeah. Right. Because we knew who we were getting. And we knew that that guy was relentless and that he was going to do whatever it took. guy came in at 400 pounds by the time he came out. He was two, whatever he was, 320, three, three, three three, whatever. incredible. Right. Yeah, he was 420 pounds yeah. when he came out of uh, out to of Miami. Uh, mean yeah. at Miami. Yeah, right. Okay, so but that's the answer to that question. The yeah. answer is yes. If if that guy has got those traits that you're looking for in your team, then you take the guy because you you, you that's what you're looking okay, for.
2: Okay, so how do you identify reckless versus relentless, or how do you put a percentage on risk? Meaning. This is not the straight A student like right. like Jimmy would encourage you. Got like how do you like break that up?
7: Well, first of all, I I think that it's more difficult. That I would say that the 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 uh, number one pick that mm-hmm. you make, mm-hmm. you better be pretty sure that that's the right pick. Right. I guess is my answer to that. So it's a little more difficult to say we're going to take a guy that's rated. Uh, the middle of the second round mm-hmm. on the in in the first pick with the number 1 draft pick yeah. i guess that's what i'm saying yeah. you know in other words when you get into second and third round now the more risk it's less risk, yeah. you know, because now you're, you're, if, Hey, if he doesn't well, work I, out,
2: I mean to say, you're willing to take a little more that's risk because right. yeah, you're not going to get second guess. That, near that, exactly.
7: Mind. Yeah. That's, I uh, misunderstood yeah. you, but yeah. uh, that's, that's
1: correct. Let's wrap this first segment of the two o'clock hour with this. Did you hear our conversation coach with Leon about identity? Yes. You just referenced how you can go into the draft and say, physicality is something we want to address. Right. When it comes to identity, do you feel like the Jaguars can just manifest and say, hey, we want to be a more physical team. We want to be tough nosed. So now we're going to go get guys that are that. Is that possible yes. to do in one draft class? Yeah,
7: I think you can go get them. I think it's a combination of free agency in the draft, though. I mean, I think that they've got to look and see. You know, uh, an example for me would be if we were looking for a tackle, let's say. Well, there's probably five, six, seven tackles in the first round that that have a chance to be pretty darn good players. I don't know that all of them are, Mm -hmm. you know, physical. I'm just saying they're first-round draft picks, right? Well, if if that's the case, then you're going to be a little bit reluctant to take a a free agent tackle. But if you look at the first round and you say, hey, you know, there's only a couple of defensive linemen in there that are first-round picks. And I'm talking about interior defensive linemen. Then you gotta say, you know, hey, uh, we're prioritizing this we gotta creative. prioritize that. But Here's in terms of do. like
1: the meanness, the identity part yeah. of it, yeah. Like, so first off, let's start with this. Yeah. Leon said, if this team is having an identity crisis, like Matt alluded to to begin the show, and and they're, they're at this, what did you, what was the term you use, the acrimony? Yeah,
4: there's just, I, I don't think they can afford more acrimony right now. I, I agree with that. I so heard it, it. I heard for
1: that. a team that's at that stage and may not have an identity, can you just create it? I don't want to say out of thin air, but like through this one draft and this one free agent class. Yeah,
7: I think you can. I think there's players in this draft, for example. uh, There's going to be players. uh, There's a lot of – I think this first round is a pretty good first round. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about every position that's important, corner, offensive line, uh, edge. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty good draft, I think. So I think you can create it. You just have to make sure you make the
2: right choice. And you got to be smart. Expiring contracts. You got to be prepared for that. You yep. got to look at the guys that you said. Yep. Is there is there more in free agency? Are we going to get a bargain if right. we get that last second guy uh, in that in that area? So let's keep that going. And then also, let's get your take on Josh Allen. Uh, yep. Just play the percentages on that. Do you think he will get tagged and how soon? We'll do that all coming up with our head coach, Dave Campo, right here on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime.
0: Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL.
1: We've spent a good portion of today's program asking the question, could the Jaguars go corner at number 17th overall in the 2024 NFL Draft? Longtime defensive backs coach Dave Campo with us the rest of the way. And so I pivot to you, Coach Campo, and say, corner at 17, yay or nay?
7: Well, there's going to be a corner there that's – you know, it looks like. Uh, I haven't seen them all yet. But I, I from what, I'm, what I understand, there's going to be five or six corners in that first round. I think that there will be a defensive lineman, a center, and a, and a corner at that pick. So, you know, again, I, I'm a little leery of that, to be honest with you, because they need we, – we're talking about it. They need to firm up the offensive line. However, they do that. Mm -hmm. Now, that, again, depends on what they do in free agency. If they get a a guy that they feel firms that interior up, that changes the the dynamic. Uh, They need a guy inside on defense. I'm for the big guy first, but there will be a corner there that probably helps
4: us uh, going forward. Can, can Can the psyche, the attitude of one guy, just one dude, change? Change the way a unit performs? Yeah. Uh, Donald. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like, like can can, they, can other guys see that and like, all right, yeah. all right, he's stepping it yeah. up, man. Chris Jones,
7: Donald, Give me mm-hmm. those guys, you know.
4: So, and, but, but I mean, guys can, I guess the the best way to ask this is, can guys become dogs or do you have to have that dog in you? Uh, I
7: th- I think you got to have a little bit of a dog in you. Okay. You know, uh, but some guys do. Uh. Progress, probably in that area, based on uh, how much playing time they're getting, experience, and all that. Uh, but uh, you know, guys are like who they are, right? It,
2: I it, would say some, up, but they, some are. I mean, yeah, like and pers- Ro- pers- personality of a team, they can take that
4: on. Yeah. Here's, here's Roy yeah. robinson and Harris. Two years ago, at the end, the last seven games played yeah. unbelievable, played good, played, yeah. out played out of good. his mind. Yeah, they,
2: This year, not so much. Yeah, not yeah. so much, and it could have been lack of game planning or, or whatever, yeah. because that's what cost those guys uh, very likely their jobs. But it, it, it's true that if you are, you are, okay, as advertised, if you come in with that you know, personality, that makeup, all that kind of stuff, then a coach will be able to identify you. But sometimes a team can, can bring it out of you too. Yeah.
7: I mean, I think that I think the whole mentality of the unit, the coaching right. staff, all that. It's going to bring out aggressive, or, you know, if that's your mentality. Like
2: the Chiefs have made players. Yeah. Okay. Now, Paco, yeah. Paco Pacheco came in with that attitude before right. he got to right. Kansas City. There's right. no question about that. Right. But they made him even better because right. of the system and everything. All right. So this is something that we'll probably, I'll probably ask you between this and Campo and Joe podcast. I don't know how many times. Coach, I know I drive him crazy with this, but when you go past 15 and the Jaguars are picking 17th, Seven. Let's just go fifteen to forty-five. It's not impossible to say that there's a lot of inter- interchangeable pieces there. That's why that's, you got to make sure you get.
7: That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. I think you know, and we've said this before, uh, that uh, a lot of clubs w- won't have more than. I'm going to say twenty because mm-hmm. I think twenty to thirty-two mm-hmm. is more. Okay. Into that realm where you go from twenty to. 45. Yeah. There, so there's so a lot of the say, same players, but yeah. uh, there's a lot of teams that won't have more than 20 mm-hmm. first round okay. grades. Okay. Okay. And whatever that is, okay, a guy might have a first round grade, and there may be a guy at number 23 that's like a, a percentage point less than that. So they've got a second round grade on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it really to me, once you pass those top. I'm going to say 20. Okay, all right. You're really into where it's I of the beholder more than it is just here's what we say on film. I know this guy's going to come in and, and play for
2: us. So, so staying at 17, then you can't just say, hey, I'll take one of these positions. I better make sure I'm right with the well, most Well, yeah,
7: unless you have three guys that Are you feel good about. Them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you feel is the same guy, mm-hmm. you know, in a different position or whatever.
1: It's an interesting time. It's an interesting time. Are are you at a point, Coach Campo, where you can give us some names of some players that perhaps you, you've identified as like, this is a guy who culturally, from what I can see, and physically could start day one? Do you have any day yeah. one, day two mm-hmm. gems you want give to the, give the listeners out well, there? Well, I'm
7: biased a little bit because yeah. I think, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I like corners. Mm-hmm. You know, they're one of my favorite people yes. of all that, time. That's why we started the segment got We've got to have some corners out there. But this team needs to firm up the interior offensive line and the interior defensive line. Now, I'm not a scout. Mm-hmm. I'm not there looking at all the guys that are out there. But the two guys that I've seen play – not studied necessarily, but mm-hmm. seen him play in games. I, I'm kind of zeroed in a Murphy kid, uh, Byron, Byron Murphy, Murphy yeah. from yeah. Texas, because not only is he athletic, and he's probably one of the best pass rushers interiorly that I've seen in a while coming out.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Uh, he, he's relentless. I mean, he's one of those guys that we're talking about, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
1: That you say someone else may have more talent. But this guy just keeps going and going.
7: Well, he has the talent with the relentlessness. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. You know, his only weakness is he's he's three oh five. So do you say you know? In one time, you watch him in one on ones. Nobody's going to knock him off the ball.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: You get the double teams and some of that kind of stuff. You know, is he big enough? Which that's, is
2: what an interior D-lineman that, has to deal with. That's the thing you have to yeah.
7: deal with. That's yeah. the weakness. But in reality, I can see a guy like that going from 305 to 325, mm-hmm. you know, and stronger, physical. is pretty big, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think he's going to be okay. But his relentlessness goes along with that talent. So that that is what kind of sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. And I think he can play guard or center. That's the other thing that I think is – in a a Jpj. Pit, uh, yeah. Jackson, situation. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I'm Jackson I'm on Powers the other Johnson. Guy. Yeah. Right. He's a defense alignment. Yeah. The other guy I'm looking at is Jackson. Uh,
1: Powers Johnson. Johnson. Powers
7: Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he is a guard center combination, but he's another one of those guys. When it comes right down to it, he has athletic agility mm-hmm. and all those things, along with kind of a relentless attitude to where. You see him go to the next level. You see him cutting people off. You see him driving guys into the ground. Yeah. You know, he has that mentality. So those two guys are just guys that I've kind of zeroed in on, you know, a little bit.
1: So my question for you, as I've even got a mock draft going right now, and I just took Byron Murphy, traded back, took Byron Murphy. But then the question becomes, and I I know that there are some fans, some Jaguar fans, some Nooners driving around right now asking the same question. Can you afford to take that defensive lineman in the first round, knowing you have the holes potentially on the offensive line, knowing you have the hole at corner? Can you, as the head coach, can you go into a draft thinking that way? Or yep. does it have to be it's best player available? We'll figure out the rest as we go.
7: I, I'm a best p- player available. Okay. But to go along with some of the things that we feel are holes, okay, some of it has to come into it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm with. Let's get more. Let's get more physical and more uh, intense, and protect the quarterback. That's number one, or affect the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I listen to Matt say that all the time. You either you have to protect to and affect, mm-hmm. and I agree with that a hundred percent. Now, if you don't have one there, in my opinion, that you feel like can do that, and 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 be the best player available. Then you go with a corner, in my opinion, because I think in this passing league, you need people
4: that can cover. Right. You can yeah. get, you can get really good corners later in the draft. Right. It I, doesn't have to I, be a first round well, pick.
7: I think Tyson Campbell can be pretty good, and you got him where in the middle of the second
4: or early, second. Early,
1: early right. second, early second, first pick of the second. Yeah.
7: You know, I think I think some of the corners of those. I think there are probably six or seven corners that everybody's talking about. Right. Well, some of them are from. 20 on, mm-hmm. okay. I think you can go from 20 on to 45. So you could probably get one of the, somebody has a in similar that grade. Yeah, vehicle. I mean Jerry Snead's a fourth a round difference. pick.
4: Yeah, and he's one of the best
7: corners and yeah. about world. to get yeah. tagged.
4: Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's you can yeah. find corner corners yeah. and receivers are guys you can find down, right. down because the there's a lot more of yeah. them now. Yeah. It
7: used to be more of a premium because there that weren't all these seven on seven leagues mm-hmm. and all these kids growing up catching the ball this and true. And, and covering and all these different things. And now it's a little bit – you can't find the big guys that are the physical big, and can guys. run. I always say that's that's only, it. there's you only so many walking them. the planet. You can't find. That's, that's why I, I said earlier that there might be one of these tackles that is a guard that you can, you can manipulate that way. He may be the best player out of all right. of them, mm-hmm. physical, tough aggressive athletic all those kind of things but I haven't looked at those guys as much because I think our tackles are okay mm-hmm. even if cam goes mm-hmm. I think we're okay you're I rolling really with
1: do. you're rolling with Walker little Anton Harrison yep absolutely let's yeah, also I, I stay on that too, yeah I would as well Let, let's stay on your area of expertise the corner position because we had Leon kind of distinguish this mm. but I want you to the former DB coach, the former NFL defense coordinator, former head coach to kind of distinguish for us. When Ryan Nielsen is bringing a press man corner, does that mean you have to go out and find a completely different group of cornerbacks? Because these guys may have played man to man, but they haven't played press man. So let's do that coming up on XL primetime.
0: This is XL primetime protected by preferred roofing on ten ten XL.
2: We got our draft knicks out uh, in XL primetime land, all dreaming of what they would like to have for their Jacksonville Jaguars. And there are plenty of them that are floating in on the text line. Designed by Lifetime Enclosures, as well on social media. and We love it, that's for sure. I mean, because you guys definitely do your your work. Sometimes it's, it's a little dreamscape because you can think a guy's going to fall into the second round, he's going to be there for you. But nah, usually if you like him, and he's rated way up there, like uh let's just use Jackson Powers Johnson as an example. He ain't gonna be there. Yeah, uh, if you don't like
7: him, somebody else likes him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and we have seen oh, you like. Yeah. Yeah, we have seen scenarios where guys do fall and you don't quite know why. The medicals which will come out of the NFL combine, not a whole lot will be said. But you know as well as I do, Matt. Whenever it, it happens, you find out later sure. that those medicals were, you know, a big tell for these GMs and whomever was going to make a decision. And that's why a guy drops down the board.
7: Well, plus you also have the, uh, you know, quarterbacks are the big. Uh, the
1: needle mover. The
7: Yeah, that's a good one. The needle mover, because you don't know how many of those guys are going to go before you. And the more they go before you, if you don't need a quarterback, right. the better off it is for you.
2: It is the truth. And there are plenty of teams that are in quarterback purgatory right now. Absolutely. And they're doing anything they can to get out of it. No question. Because
1: if you have the quarterback. Then it all else falls into Mm -hmm. place. Um, Before we do the corner back discussion, Coach Campo, um, I I do think I want to stick a pin and let's get to that in a second. But you brought up an interesting point that the boys on Jaguars today were talking with last week. And we kind of got into a little bit when we ran through the Jags cap numbers heading into the 2024 season. Your two starting tackles, left and right, day one, 2024,
7: are? I think it's going to be Walker Little and and,
2: uh, Harrison. Are you going from left to right or right to left?
7: Oh, no, I'm going
2: Harrison. <laughs> I, I,
1: Harrison
7: on the
2: right. You, know what, I don't know, the you right. know
7: what, I don't know the answer to that question, okay. to mm-hmm. be honest with you, yeah. because I think Walker Little did a pretty good job as a left tackle. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I'm not sure. I, I know that the more physical of the two would be better off at right tackle.
2: Which, so, Anton?
7: which is probably Anton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it just depends, you know. I'm not sure how they would do it, but I think that's going to be – I think they have to create the cap space with Cam, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you.
1: What do you make of this notion? Because I know I have an answer to it, but I've seen it now three times on the text line today. And somebody said it to me over the weekend that, like, this is a prevailing sentiment in Jacksonville, and it kind of just rattles my brain. Well, Walker Little got pushed back into Cam, and he got pushed back into Trevor, so we can't give him a shot this pushing back into like you know he was pushed back into Trevor mind you he had a bum hamstring mm-hmm. he was pushed back yeah. into he yeah. he hurt Cam yeah. what do you make of the, like that being the big knock on no, him I, I, like I you invested a second round pick in the guy like right. the least you can do in my opinion cuz he's played well for you when he's been right. healthy Correct. the least you can do is a see it through the final year of the rookie contract, and if he performs well, great. Now maybe you have your long-term answer like you hoped you would. And secondly, that's where I look at the left guard position, and if you're so worried about Walker getting pushed in to Trevor Lawrence, how about you fortify the left guard position, which then will elevate the play of Walker Little in theory?
7: You're right. I mean, I think really, uh, you know, when you look at the guy, he he was hurt a little bit. Until he got hurt, he was playing pretty good. I think he might have had a... Little bit of a lapse once he got hurt. But uh, to me, he got another year to get stronger, more physical, strong. Uh, so to me, I, I Framework I don't a, is there. Yeah, you can I don't. clearly see it with him. Correct. Whereas he's Fortner, got the, eh. That's correct. Right. He's got the feet, he's got the ability, he's smart. Yeah. So he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's, he's got a chance to even get more uh, strength. With a good training program which i think they have over there Mm -hmm. uh i don't know that fortner has that same ability i think he's maxed out you know maybe Uh, but we'll see but i i don't think the tackle position is the issue i really think it's the interior of the line right and if you let however they fit that is going to be a
2: key to me if you let cam go that some of that money can go free agency uh, on the interior uh, absolutely yeah yeah because if that pocket doesn't collapse then Trevor isn't nearly as uncomfortable.
7: Absolutely, as and plus, months. I think when you're in that situation, it gives him more options because when you're getting pushed into, if the outside guys are doing what they're supposed to do, the the, the quarterback really doesn't have much of an option. Mm-hmm. He's got to keep backing up. Yeah. Whereas if if you control the interior. Even if things are covered, yep. he has a chance to run.
2: And he can step up, He too. can
7: step up. He can go lateral underneath the outside rushers. He can do a lot of stuff. But if he gets pushed back into, that's the worst yeah, part the, of the whole thing. The trio's it, the trio. It, it quickens your, your time oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, situation.
2: The other thing is that Walker Little, let's just not forget this. I'm rooting for him. I think he's got a lot of athletic ability and can be the guy. But this is entering year four, and you still don't know for sure, all right? He went from the end of year two and everyone going, wow, look at what he did. We all remember that. To going into year four and you still don't know. Well, I
7: I think I know. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, that's me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the kid is good enough to to win at the position he's playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too. I, I think they
4: know with him.
2: Yeah, I I, 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 I mean, I, 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 I hope so. He, yeah.
4: You're all you're talking about. A, he was injured.
2: He had a hamstring problem for much of the year. I got it right. Yeah, I know. He's, I'm he's not moved like from one position to the next, inside yeah. to outside. Was, I think they know what they got with. Yeah, him. he was Mr. So. Versatile too. They, when when they asked him to do stuff, he
1: did it. Right. So real quick before we run out of time, Coach Campo, let's address that corner question. We'll bring this full circle. In case you're just joining us, Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network mocked Quinion Mitchell for a second straight mock draft. To the Jacksonville Jaguars at number seventeen. Part of the conversation is well, he can play press man. Do the Jaguars have press man corners? And we ran through Darius Williams. Did he play it in LA at times? Yes. Did Tyson Campbell play a lot of man to man at Georgia? Was he a press man? I don't have the tape in front of me, so I can't tell you that. What do you make of this conversation regarding when well, we need to get more press man guys into the building for Ryan Nielsen?
7: Uh yeah. I'm okay with the guys we got with the because in, in all honesty uh if you can run that's the key Larry Brown Deion Sanders those guys weren't great technique players but they could run mm-hmm. and if you can get up there and and you you have the common sense of knowing we used to say stay high for five that's what we used to tell the guys mm-hmm. if you're if you're on top and in a position to where you're over the top of the guy uh-huh. five yards down the field, then now by the time they get to the route, that if it's a short route, you've got no problem if they go vertical because mm-hmm. if you can right. run, you got them. It's over. But if they get to that intermediate area, if you're high for five, the majority of the time you're going to be under control. Right. When the guy tries to run underneath, you will run an out or whatever. But if you're even with the guy, you have to run too fast to stay with him vertical. And now all the other routes, you're running by him. Mm-hmm. You'll by him. They know where they're going. You don't. You're trying to cover him deep. So to me, you can teach it. I guess that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can run, you can technique a guy to where he can, he can play press
2: man. I love Perfect. it. Love it, Coach. Good stuff as always. Uh, Campo and Joe, not today, but back at it next Tuesday. We're looking forward to that. Uh, we were welcome in the Franchise Show. I did laugh, though, when you said hi for five. I thought you were talking about JJ. I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> it was cornerbacks. It is XL primetime.
0: Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit
2: tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Big stretch in the hoop world as we enter late Feb. And on the campus of UNF is the Franchise Show, the Embedded and Shredded. Hayes Carline joining us now. What is up, Hayes? We are at one of our favorite places, the University
6: of North Florida. Harmon Stadium, the Mighty Gators rolling into town, 6 o'clock start uh, we're looking forward to it new UNF coach Joe Mercadante going to join
2: us at 320 so it should be a fun frangie show beautiful day out at the park and we've got two of our big baseball squads from the state in town this week which is kind of cool you know when you think about it
6: oh it's yeah the Knolls are at JU so it's uh, it's a huge huge day for college baseball here locally and uh hopefully it'll be uh two great games have Usually you uh,
2: have you negotiated either on uh Trent Baalke side which I know you like to do from time to time or Josh Allen's yeah. side uh since we have last talked to you well I mean again it all to me it all goes back to such a missed opportunity
6: I mean there are certainly times where you want to be tough at the negotiating table probably more often than not really in the NFL but I do think there are occasions where you don't need to have a tough negotiation what you need to have is a friendly conversation which ultimately leads to a day of celebration for the franchise and the fan base. And that day of celebration would be Trent Balky and Doug Peterson and Shad Khan at a podium with Josh Allen to announce the biggest deal in franchise history. And Josh Allen has earned it. Uh, so I, uh, I think it's a really uh, major mistake. Uh, on the part of the Jaguars, uh, Brass, just in terms of what the moment could be, because now what I think it's going to be is he's tagged – uh, or you know certainly the possibility is that he's tagged he's unhappy you have to go through that whole process uh, and you know ultimately I think he's he's going to be here for the long term but uh, but I just I just don't know what the the holdup is uh, obviously he's earned uh, a contract that would be uh, right up there with the best that 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 do it uh, and again I it, these things, these things aren't guaranteed. No, it's a. I mean, you can get out of it in two. If Josh Allen, for whatever reason, regresses, you're out of the contract in two years. So, I mean, we've seen it a million times here. Mm-hmm. So, I just it it bothers me because I really think it would be a, a galvanizing moment, uh, particularly after the embarrassing collapse. To have a day of celebration for Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to take advantage of that. And, and, again, it should not be a hard negotiation. I mean, it, the guy rewrote your record book. You should pay him. I mean, that's how this works. And so there will be times for hard negotiations. This is not one of those times.
2: It's the truth, bro. I think we got to the red of the embedded and shredded Hayes car line there. So you will have plenty more of that coming up this afternoon, correct? Absolutely. Tons of Jags, Gators, Knolls,
6: everything. Tons of baseball coming up on the Frangie Show.
2: All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Hayes, Franch, Lauren, they will be there. RJ holding it down here. The RA. Would you say that, Matt? Uh, Maybe a little bit of the RA from Hayes? (laughs) Just Just a a, little bit.
4: Just a little bit. A little bit.
2: All right, we are done. Coach Campo, thanks for hanging out with us on a Tuesday. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Thanks to them. Don't forget online, beaverchevrolet.com, beavertoyotasaintaugustine.com. Find them on the lot, and you'll find great deals and great people, that's for sure. you got the French show out at UNF, Helmet and Heels, coming up at 6 o'clock, and then on into the evening. I think it is Hacker moving up. Yes, Rick Ballew is in Las Vegas. Got to
1: watch U2 at the Sphere, and so it'll be Hacker uh, right after Helmets and Hands. Yeah, that's
2: going to be crazy for him. He's loving it. All right, we are out. Uh, It is XL Prime time.